0: No, we're not Sky News, are we, so... <laughs> Chat and shit, and then it just kind of gets cut in, like, but... Awesome. uh Yeah, doing quite a bit of research on yourself over the last fucking, what, three, four weeks now, like, because I've had a chance to go over it a few times, but... uh Aiden Steven, nine and four, professional MMA fighter, purple belt in jiu-jitsu, out of SBG Murray. Welcome. That's me. <laughs> Do you want to speak a little bit about early early influences, I MMA? Mean, I've got a bit here because, like, back in the day, like, I know you from before training and all yeah. that shit. I've got WWE.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, and oh,
1: yeah. Ta- taekwondo. Yeah, man. So, when I was eight years old, I moved from Inverness to Lossomworth. Now, my dad, my mum's side of the family, um, her cousin is married to John Williamson don't know if you know him, he's yeah. uh, ninth Dan, or maybe 8th Dan, Take one like Grandmaster yeah, well. yeah, he's like the balls, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the big balls of Take Wando. So he's, uh, They o- obviously my mum and that wanted to get me into something, and uh, they tried to get me into football, but I just wasn't interested, I was just that kid that wanted to go out and play with my mates all the time. They wanted to get me into something to kind of keep me uh, occupied, so I gave Take Do a bash when I was about 8 years old, and... I enjoyed it because, like, it was, you know, it was, it was, it uh, kept me focused Not, that. But by the time I got to about 12 years old, I got my black belt and started competing and stuff. But then when you get to about 12, 13, that's where going out with your mates becomes a bit more of a, you know, good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I don't know. <laughs> like, and yeah. then uh, when, I, when I was like 13, yeah, I kind of, I just lost focus. I wanted to squirt my friends all the time and then by the time I was fourteen started to like discover girls and um, alcohol stuff. When so like, I remember you as a kid, you were just a
0: kid that went about fucking backflipping everywhere or flips yeah, parkour. parkour. Parkour, yeah. Yeah. And we were massing about it. Like
1: so it it just goes to show you like anything I put my mind to, I know I can do. I saw that remember Jump Britain? I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that, like, Yeah. So I saw that on the TV. And it's like I want to do that just taught myself how to do backflips off the walls and stuff taught myself how to free run you know and then with like um, you know fighting you know we had no coaches or anything at the time yeah. me, Martin and Kev kind of taught ourselves as well just like anything like I put my mind to I'd do
0: like, back and before you're kind of YouTube and all that shit as well so yeah, you're, exactly. having, to, you're yeah. having to look alternative places for fucking information you know it's a lot of information at that time is just passed on from one person to another. It's not like I can go and look up every fucking technique going on YouTube. Just exactly, like, yeah. Is it quite
2: surreal that these are all self-taught and now like you're fighting under, maybe not under the UFC banner, but like your fights are available on the UFC website, Fight Pass, whatever you want to call it. Do you ever like just... I mean, I know you can't look back all the time because you want to do greater yeah. things going forward and that would you ever
1: go like, fucking hell. It's, like, been, it's been a crazy journey. Though. It's our really proud of myself, you know. You should be like, yeah, fucking right. And, uh, like, to even get to Cage Warriors under the kind of circumstances that we've had, you know, that, that alone, but like I say, I've dropped off the gloves here. Next time we on here, I'll be a pair of UFC gloves. Definitely think within the next year and a half of being the UFC. Just, uh, just need to get a solid win streak together. But now, I, d- I tested the water drop in a weight class. i fought this weight class before, but I never had the one I never had the discipline and two I never had the time I had a lot of other things going on whereas now I can kind of focus a lot so more So what's on. changed in that respect then? Well just, I lost my job with Shivus. I was with Shivus for 8 years and like I thought I was going to be there forever and then I ended up getting a job at the Galvanizers after that and it was the worst job I've ever had and I was like I'm going to end up being miserable for the rest of my life if I don't yeah. do something about it it was just like a kick up the ass and then I got a job scaffolding. My boss was pretty keen on the whole idea to sponsor me as well. And, you know, I've just looked at it like, I'm getting older now, I'm 30 this year, so I've got got to go for it now. And that, that last fight, you know, it was a big ask. It was a, it was a really good opponent and, uh, you know, dropping a weight class as well. But I, I just went in there laser focused, got the job done and, you know, was wanting to fight again early this year but I don't know if you know I've just had a kid three weeks ago congratulations Uh, by the way mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) congratulations (laughs) Godspeed yeah uh, I take about six months out get the kid into a routine kind of thing and then just get back to it this is your second child,
2: and I watched your second
1: dog. and last.
2: <laughs> I uh, the mini documentary that was done on you a few years ago. You, yeah. you kind of go into how becoming a father kind of scared you in a way.
1: Did it? Was and it he's the same? time?
0: Yes, had a bit of tough time initially with Zach. Um, yeah, he Zach had, was to, take born, a, had born to take a bit of time out. Yeah, he
1: was only a pound when he was born. That's crazy, like, yeah, it's tough. Bit. I, I always remember the doctor saying, look, we're going to have good days and bad days. We never had one bad day. It was just, it was, <laughs> every day was good. And now we've got like a perfectly healthy four and a half year old that just doesn't stop moving. <laughs> <It doesn't, laughs> <doesn't laughs> um, I've got a wee bit, i am just kind of ask you about Louise. Is Louise, she's combat sports as well, isn't she? Yeah, so that's it's really cool. Like, um, it's one of the reasons that we, we first met. It was like, you know, I'd, I'd seen her, I'd seen Louise uh, in the paper and everything. She was always in the paper. And, you know, I I knew she was really good. I'd seen videos of her before training. And we were initially training at Focus and Spike was there anyway, so I kind of saw her at the gym. But I'd never, ever spoke to her. I just thought, oh, there's that tidy bird again. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it was hilarious. Me, Ginge, and uh, Jace, I think it was. I can't remember. We were through a in number shopping. And um, I saw Louise at USC. I didn't know she was a the manager there. But, um, I got home and I messaged her, and everyone was like, "Oh, you messaged her?" I was like, "I'm only asking for our staff discount." <laughs> so I did. I messaged her and I was like, "Look, there's this really nice red jacket that I want. Can you buy me it?" And she was like, "You've never spoken to me before, and you're asking you're asking for my staff discount." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to give me it?" She's like, "Yeah, i will do it this once," and then. I gave her my number and the rest is history. (laughs) And she's,
0: uh, she's, she was high level kickboxing. She she qualified for the
1: 2008 Beijing Olympics. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. Uh, I knew knew it was high level. And this is before, (laughs) this is before like there was loads of weight classes and Taekwondo was like such a, uh, you know, like major sport for the UK and the Olympics because as soon as Jay Jones won gold in the Olympics it became massive in the UK and okay. it's it, there's more weight classes now and stuff like that but when Louise was doing it there wasn't as much weight classes and what they, uh, ended up happening after the Olympics was they dropped her right. uh, I don't think I think they dropped her weight class in, in general okay. and uh, she moved back to Elgin but you know it's the best thing that can happen because you know, so kids kinda have got a solid fucking base regardless yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know i picking on those two when they're growing up <laughs>
2: It's quite mental, like, in future years, mentioning the Olympics and that. Like, MMA always gets thrown about. is like, something that's going to become an Olympic sport. Well, the problem with MMA is, is, like,
1: Olympics tends to be, like, a, a sport. MMA is, like, five or six or seven sports. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to see jujitsu jitsu in the Olympics. Get karate out of the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, like stuff maybe, like,
1: like, like, Thai boxing. Thai boxing. kickboxing. boxing. Um,
0: do, you, do you think things like, um obviously... You're seeing jiu-jitsu come coming more into the like mainstream these days. Yeah. Do you I think, think that will be a, a an Olympic sport? Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: within the next two or three Olympics, I think yeah. it will be. Uh, yeah, I think it
2: is going that way because they shit like softball in there. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> fucking golf and skateboard. <laughs> if
0: I can get darts and snooker in there, while we're all um Okay, so kind of going back to your MMA, but I've got uh, so I've got SBG, I've got focus, um, I've also got Jimmy Grigger. Uh, yeah, man. fusion do you want to speak a wee bit about, about this
1: because this is not much I, I don't really know too much yeah, yeah. about this kind so, of side uh, again me and Martin had been training and Martin had mentioned me saying there's an MMA club starting in Forest called Fusion MMA so we went along to it and very quickly it was clear to see the coaches didn't really have a good idea like they didn't really have any experience or but bless them they were like they were trying to do something they were trying to create something and they had a vision like, very slowly they developed this, like, little mini fight team and then it get, kept getting bigger. No one there was, like, really super skilled. There was a guy, Brad, Brad McLeod, who was, like, he had a Thai boxing background, so he had, like, the best stand-up there. And, uh, but, like, Martin would have had, like, the best grappling yeah, kind of. boys like Houston and all that there as well? No, or, no, they didn't no? start till, um, till Fusion moved to Inverness, which was, right. like, a few years or, a couple of years after. But within... You know, we started training there, and within like a few months, the coaches are kind of said, Oh, you know, you two are really good, you want to fight. And like, it's rather than think, No, you know, we're nowhere near ready for a fight, you know, we were young and stupid, I <laughs> think we we're like 18, 19s. Yeah. yeah, we want to fight. <laughs> so, like, I, I remember I got matched against this guy called Darren Lansdale for my first ever fight, and I got subbed in the second round. And like, rather than be like think why did this happen obviously happened because more experienced opponent he had had plenty of fights it's my first and hadn't been training a lot i started thinking like you know well maybe i'm not good at this or you know started looking at it the wrong way uh-huh. but uh martin fought that same night he won his first fight and you know he kind of convinced me to you know keep going with it got another fight a couple months after that and i won that and that was it as soon as i got that winning feeling i i was like i'm this is it. This is definitely what I'm going to do. Remember telling my mum and dad they thought it was a bit of a, you <laughs> know, it's not a, everything. something that every parent wants to hear their kids saying is they want to fight for a living, but.
0: It's not breaking boards anymore, is it?
1: No. And it's not like, <laughs> UFC didn't have the same exposure back then either. So like my mum and dad were just like, oh, here we go. It's another one of Aiden's crazy ideas. UFC come after this or were you already in
0: UFC by this point? Yeah, I started watching UFC about
1: 16, 17 kind of. The watching wrestling you,
0: uh, remember your first event
1: UFC event oh yeah yeah me my dad Sam Scott and his mate Polo my mate Polo as well <laughs> my dad's <laughs> mate uh, we went through to UFC 95 it was in London I think it was 2008 we went through and it was headlined by Diego Sanchez Joe Daddy Stevenson I don't know if you remember him Christ yeah, yeah. That. who else was there uh, Chael Sonnen was fighting he fought Damian Maya. There was
0: um, a, lot of big names, so, a lot of big yeah. names. Junior
1: Dos Santos. Uh, I can't. I can't really remember off the top of my head. But I remember going to my first year. Seeing it, it was it was crazy. And we went to the after party as well. I don't know how, but we got the address for the after party. <laughs> and it wasn't busy. Like all the fighters were there. And I was just like Don Hardy as well, speaking to Don Hardy for the whole night. And it was. That was crazy, man. I just I remember that so well. The, He's been a few after parties
0: since like, oh, yeah I've, I've heard some <laughs> stories Like so I've heard a story of Jack Wright Getting Paul
1: Daly in a headlock uh, Yeah mm-hmm. Stole Gegard Mousasi's Championship belt Ran off with it. <laughs> <laughs> Gegard caught him Keeping yourself Gegard caught him And then Jack gave Gegard his phone And said Go take a photo of me of your belt <laughs> Gegard Mousasi was just like The fuck <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. But yeah Oh man, he, that's the thing, like the, the fighting aspect of it is crazy as well, but see the stories that come along with it, Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. you have a story for every single kind of thing you can think of. So was it like,
0: were you a while with Jimmy Gregor or was it just a short yeah, so term thing? so the fusion,
1: we, we were probably there about a year at Forest and the fight team was getting bigger, it wasn't necessarily getting better, but we are getting more guys in, more guys were getting fights. And then within a year, the forge Gym in Inverness opened and they had asked Jimmy if he would move from Forest to Inverness because, you know, more more people would be in the door. It's a bigger space. And we did that. And for the first while, the gym was booming. It was really good. But the only problem was you're driving to Inverness every night. It's like an hour there, an hour back. You've got work on top of that. And uh, yeah, it kind of started taking its toll. So what we started doing was training in Elgin and when I started training in Elgin I took up boxing and then very quickly got on the boxing team so I was competing in MMA and boxing and uh, Paul McCuskey opened up his own Thai boxing gym in Elgin as well and then Matt Holland opened up his own jiu-jitsu gym in Elgin so I was going through to Inverness maybe once a week after that but very quickly started training in Elgin all the time which was a shame because, you know, Inverness had loads of potential. That's when Ross Houston started coming through. There were some other guys as well. Kenny McLeod and that, they were taking fights. But um, it was just too far to travel. Yeah. So.
0: I was round about the Khalid and in combat days, was it? That yeah, shows, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we're still representing Fusion, but we, would, we were basically doing the majority of our training in Elgin. And then, yeah, we kind of left Fusion, kind of started fighting out of what we called jiu-jitsu misfits which was kind of based in Elgin uh, well just the misfits it was because you know there was the receipts heaps of stuff going on like the politics in the boxing started getting heavy saying you couldn't compete in boxing and MMA which was madness yeah why was that just jiu-jitsu, it was like a power trip kind of thing yeah. and they were also saying that oh you've you've got more experience it's like Kev had won his first three fights without throwing a single punch yeah. so like it's not experience at <laughs> all you know what I mean and and uh, what happened as well we got kicked out, oh, we kicked out of our jiu-jitsu gym because our coach our coach's coach came up with this crazy rule that you weren't allowed to train with other people from other gyms but you're not going to get better doing that oh, if you're just training the same exactly. stuff all the time so we were just like nah, we're having none of that and i think was this this was at the point you just moved up to Ali's, was it yes yeah. all the gym created the jiu-jitsu misfits then soon after that, affiliated with Sbg and just became Sbg money. Yeah, Fusion. Fusion's where it all started, and there were some crazy, crazy stories from the Fusion days as well. I, I've heard. I've heard a
0: lot of guys getting like fucking hurt in training just because. Yeah, well, we had no idea what was going guys on. Guys were really wild. Mind. Like yeah. basically,
1: the coaches had no experience, but at the same time, they were trying. They were trying to make something of it. So you can't really fault them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I always just see guys coming into the gym now and I'm just like, you have no idea how lucky you are to like have a instructor <laughs> to a class and stuff. And But yeah, that's how Fusion started. But just, and then the coach, coach, the two coaches, Jimmy and Alan, they were brothers. I think they had a bit of disputes about how the clashes should have been run. So Jimmy started running it himself. Then Jimmy, Jimmy's job got a bit packed. He was like a tree surgeon and he started traveling a lot more. So like Fusion kind of just folded. And, yeah, uh, there was no MMA gyms in Inverness for a while. Ross Houston stopped training for a long time. I think he took a few years off and then decided he wanted to get back to MMA. He had a really good job in like oil and gas as well, but he wanted to get, you know, it was, it was his passion to train. So he started coming through to Elgin, which was funny because we were the ones going through to Inverness originally. And uh, then he, what did he do? He opened up SVG Inverness. Uh, in, the, in the original gym we were at before, and the, you know it was crazy. It was SPG Aberdeen and Burness and Elgin. Uh, Murray sorry, we were having we were having like loads of seminars, getting people through. And then there was a bit of a fallout between Ross and Martin. It wasn't so much a fallout. I think it was just like disputes. I I felt like it was just looked like the two gyms were going different directions. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So Ross changed SPG and Burness to HMAC but again, that's a good thing because he's had lots of fighters coming through and yeah. he's doing really well himself. He's obviously Cage Warriors World Champion and, uh, you know, SPG, Murray now, they kind of have their own thing to focus on. Kev McAloon smashing for absolutely every man. Yeah. <laughs> <kind of laughs> that's thing. an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've got my sights set on that Cage Warriors title. Ginger's back in there again Ginger's making well. his pro debut. We've got two stand-up artists just now Lewis and Ross, the brothers. From and even the young guys, like, you look at, like, young Corey, Aye, you know. Yeah, crazy man. And then, you know, we're only in March, we've won three belts for the gym this year. Kev's won one, Alex won one last weekend, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, body kick, yeah. Have you seen it? No, no. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a gun gone off. It kicks <laughs> yeah, away the fences, boy goes down, doesn't Some get back f- Even, like, the fucking, like, when two people exchange leg kicks sometimes, I'm like, oh, fuck. That, yeah, you know I, what I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> thought Steve Aimable in 2019 when there was like a few seconds left of the You know, we were just staring at each other, and it's like the bell's ready to go. Did we throw anything? And we both obviously like Fuck it, we'll throw a leg kick, both throw it at the exact same time, shin off shin. Oh, uh,
0: nasty. I'm watching it back, yeah, it's horrible. For fuck's sake, that's um, so kind of go on a
1: like uh, amateur career, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> So what did what they did when we first started? It was called. Oh, we keep going. Do you want me to put the heater on? Because I yeah, hear it you like dad, I've <laughs> got me twenty layers on. Yeah. Them.
0: I've got quite a bit about your amateur career because, like, I, I suppose I'm initially going to go back to your fan buses. Your fan buses used to be fucking mental. Yes. You used to be dragging 80, 90 guys down to fights. Yeah, and I remember everyone.
1: that that was a Caledonian combat in Inverness. It's only an hour drive, so like, filled that place out. It was crazy when I win the fight, you see, like, all my friends gather around the cage and they're slapping them. <laughs> One of the best feelings ever, man. Like the like, the best feeling you get? Oh, man. The yeah, there, there's nothing that even comes close to it. Yeah. The,
0: it's it's always the photos, I remember, of after your fights, and you would have a photo of everyone that was down from the fight, and you couldn't fit all the people into the fucking photos, you know? <laughs> um, and... You always seem to have the loudest, I think I've been to three-year fights, you always seem to have the loudest fight of the night, yeah. just simply because of the crowd. I don't know if that's just an Elgin thing or what it is like, but when we're always traveling to places, because it's always Motherwell or Glasgow yeah, or Central Belt. Central Belt, the fights are, it always seems to be, We take a big following, even know it's up with Aberdeen guys, Immortals, they've always got quite a big following down with them, uh, I've not been to much of the H guys, but I can imagine they're the same. Yes. They'll take a big fall. do you think that's because there's not as much training and shit around here? There's not as much coaching and facilities. Yeah, that's definitely,
1: definitely, what it is. Just appreciate it a lot more because it's not all in our front door. Yeah, with Glasgow, they've they've got everything. Like, even going for a gig, you know what I mean? Exactly. You have yeah, to go all the way to Glasgow for a gig. So yeah, that's definitely what it is. Um, I was going to say there. I can't even remember.
2: back to me. You're a guy that's like fought in a lot of people's backyards, right? Like yeah. I mean during COVID, probably literally, but, <laughs> but uh, like during your cage warriors career, like Chris Edwards, I think was in Wales and he was Welsh and Steve Amable, which has been quite a contested decision over the time. I, I think I remember hearing you have some choice words for one of the
1: judges. Ah, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? you got to finish the fight, so yeah. never finish it. To go anywhere to fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So like when I when I first fought Paul Hughes like um I asked I asked for that fight in Ireland I, wow. that, I don't I it wasn't it wasn't the, um
0: I don't know I just I, how, how much say do you have in these fights as in terms of like venue or so who you get to fight?
1: Or that? You speak to your manager and then your manager goes to the promoter with a few names and then like the, your promoter tries to like match you with some of them but Um, recently the last few fights it's just been a case of my my manager I messaged him and say, look this fight's available what do you think without even looking them up I'll be like yeah yeah it's cool that last fight Eddie Wells uh, got offered that fight and I was like oh yeah I'll take it I'll take it I went on YouTube and watched the first video of him and he knocks this guy out with a head kick like crazy (laughs) Hmm. and I was like shit I watched the next fight and it was like it was either a head kick or a flying knee did the exact same thing I was like maybe start watching these videos before <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I love that you know I love the idea of seeing seen an appointment they're good you know mm-hmm. bam bit. but it's not even sometimes I'll be the first to admit I've <coughs> actually fought people that I wouldn't say I'm better better than them I'd say they're probably better than me at some things but sometimes I want it more than they do or you know like sometimes you just train that a bit harder or yeah, yeah, like, you're more focused or something seen it where like Someone will kind of beat me up for a bit, but then they'll tire out, and I'll come back and like stop them later on. Yeah, I've seen that. I'll, I'll, the fight I always go back to is the Scott Malone amateur
0: fight. I think that's the craziest fight amateurs I've ever seen, like because yeah. it was so fucking back and forth. Um, Scott's such a cool guy as well. Is that a fight you would like in pro again? I know you guys are good mates and that. Uh, I
1: train. I train with him a lot now. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I. I don't want to fight any Scottish fighter. There's there's a whole world out there. If it was the benefit oh, of like we were kind
0: of discussing this before you came. If it was a case of like, right, there's going to be a UFC Glasgow. Give you a Scottish fighter. You're gonna. You're obviously going to take the UFC fight. Yeah, but of course, yeah. It's a case of the UFC coming, and calling. And doesn't matter who it is. you'll fucking fight. Like
1: yeah. The th- the thing I think as well just now is the. The Cage Warriors Bantamweight Championship is probably going to be up for grabs soon because Don Wood in the Champions he's doing the Dana White Contender Series yep the featherweight title uh, the thing is I'd love to just bounce between both weight divisions the featherweight title between you know between up. Hughes, I reckon I reckon Paul Hughes and Vuchenich will be in the UFC by the end of the year yeah and uh, Tobias as well I don't know if you saw him last week I reckon Imagine, yeah. I reckon he'll be in the UFC By the end of the year as well sort of Blowing yeah. it kind of wide open So for like it's, Yeah the whole thing's Going to be wide open as well So You know I reckon this is like This is all perfectly timed For me just to Get that couple solid wins And not even just Get the wins like Impressed you know mm-hmm. Put on a masterpiece And I Definitely I, I'm telling you I'll be in the UFC Within the next year and a half
3: Yeah Let's go man
0: because it's 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 kind of like I can I can only imagine how surreal it is for you but for like us like we know you and we're watching you on the fucking telly and it's like yeah man, this is fucking crazy like you know considering as you say you know you've came from you didn't have any coaches you yeah, know exactly. and this is a level so do you think if you'd come into the sport and you'd had that coaching level at that young age you'd be at that level I'd be in the or, UFC yeah definitely Definitely, would have been the UFC. Do you think you would have had the same passion for it, considering you not had to work as hard for it if it was done the other way around? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything
1: I put my mind to, that's me laser focused. Yeah, like even way. even now, like having the wee one, see, just being at home, it's probably an awful thing to say. But I'm just like should be training. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All all I'm, I'm only happy when I'm training. Like, it's it's. Oh,
0: well, you you're kind of you you're a natural athlete. I remember you were training for a fight. And you'd put on Facebook. You're like you'd entered the fucking Gordon Castle fucking tanky. You came eighth. Yeah, man. And you're in against like professional fucking road runners and shit like that. I was brilliant. So, <laughs> the, the, the road
1: runners, like coaches, were coming up to me after. Like, oh, who'd you run for? I was like, <laughs> you
0: run for? Can't even run. You'd done a K one fight, and I, th- I can't remember. You'd either broken your foot or you you had a swollen ass foot. You ran the marathon the next day with us. Yeah, man. That was, like, a six-mile run. Didn't think anything of it. So it's obviously just, like, it's just pure natural.
1: Another one, I was was meant to be fighting this um, this guy from Malta. It was meant to be my fourth pro fight. He pulled out on a week's notice. Now, I had done everything to get ready for the fight. I I know there's, like, this big dispute of, like, do you fight bums? You know, like, people that have, like, uh, more losses than they do wins record. But I was, like... Like you say, I always have crazy support for my fights. Filled a bus, uh, loads of other people come down. So I was like, just get me an opponent, I'm not bothered. Got offered this guy and I looked him up on YouTube and I was like, it's going to be a first round stoppage. You know, it's just like, it is what it is, man. You know, I've, I've done everything on my part to get ready for the fight. And I'm, I'm not turning around to all my friends and saying, no, I'm not taking this fight because, you know, it's an easy fight. So, um, yeah, I took this fight. It was meant to be one of my easiest fights yet. And then about four days before the fight, me and Shea were in drilling and they broke my rib. And I was like, no, do I take this fight? Because even then, if I lose to this guy, I'm going to be the laughing stock of the UK because I've lost to this guy. And uh, nah, like you say, I just, just pushed through it, man. Mm-hmm. Went in there and got a f- and I, I remember warming up and I couldn't breathe. My rib was poking into my lungs and I was just like, shit, might've, fucked this one up got a nice early finish but I was out of action for a long time after that actually but yeah I've gone into the fights with broken foots and
2: you know, broken ribs and stuff like that I know it might sound like a stupid question but is that more of overcoming mental stuff that really in terms of like you were saying with like yeah. anxieties of oh I'm going to be the laughing stock of this I yeah. gets the better of me because of this it's or also
1: just been really really stubborn as well mm. like, just being a male and refusing to admit you're wrong
0: the training for the fights. Like, I've trained you guys, I've seen it on Savage Sundays, you know, you guys spewing on the fucking mat and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, especially around the time when, not just yourself getting ready for fights, you getting other guys ready for fights. I remember when you were getting Calum and Jack ready for Smart, you know, the the, the sessions were fucking, like, proper intense. Um, do you find just as much satisfaction in coaching
1: guys? Yeah, unreal. Because to- cause when, I, when, I, when I call it a day with fighting... I'm going to go into, like, a full-time coaching role. Yeah. That was always the plan. And, uh, you know, like, it was always a plan because it's something I wanted to do, but until I actually did it, and then you felt how rewarding it was, and then it was just a, a completely different perspective to look at it. But, yeah, I, I love the whole coaching thing just now. I coach kickboxing on a Tuesday night just now, mm. and it's, like, probably the best part of my week. Yeah, and, uh, There's another, there's two PTs I've got just now who I've kind of, like, but, uh, a bit bit of a favouritism going for them but you know what I mean Like, <laughs> but this lad uh, Stephen Sim that comes in on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night and he he me saying like he wanted to learn how to box so I got him into the gym and I was like here's the punch bag kind of like show me what you've got and we'll see what got to work with and, and I remember his first class I was like fuck this guy's shit <laughs> you know what I mean this is gonna be this is gonna take a long time but you should see him now, man Bye unbelievable yeah. hands are lightning fast his heads you know his hands and f- head are always in the right place when he's throwing things always dead keen on learning and he's like me he's dead stubborn like we're, I'll, I always do a finisher at the end with him like say it's like press ups or whatever and he'll you know what I mean like he'll push himself crazy crazy it's brilliant to watch and then I've got this lad in uh, on a Saturday morning Um john he's he's a bit older so he's 52 right but he's got the cardio of a 21 year old but again when he first came in he never but he's just he's so determined it's crazy it's one of the highlights of my week is having him in and like (laughs) like i had him in this morning and he was like exhausted and like you know most people just be like hang on a second i need to get my breath back he just keeps going and going and going I'm just like, see if I'm like that when I'm fifty-two, I'd be delighted, man. He's that
2: just as rewarding as like your own career's like satisfaction, like ch- like helping people for the better in that sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh I coach kids on a Saturday morning as well. And that's you know, you are banging your head off all a lot, but at the end of it, you know, there's you should see some of the kids that have come out of that class. Yeah. A kid Ethan that we've got, just freak athlete, wonder kid, just you show him something, boom. He's definitely like I don't know. I'd love to just tell his dad, look, like, kids got a chance of going on to be. Just then, I didn't I tell him a job. Let him drop out of school. Even, <laughs> some, even
0: <laughs> some of your slightly older kids. He looks like Shay, you know. Yeah, man. She was, she was a little boy when he started training with you guys, and
1: he's so a fucking world
0: champion yeah. now. You know.
1: Um, I remember the day she left. I was devastated because. Um, you know, I was happy for him that he was going to go and get new training, and I know he's always on the go training. But I just remember, that's like, ah, a training partner I love. Yeah, I always learnt something different with Shay. He's half my weight, but he's launching me about like I'm half his weight. And it was crazy. Like you know yourself, yeah. you've trained with him. It's not fun, is it? No.
0: Yeah, I. He's the kind of guy you you start rolling with him, you think, right, okay, I'm going to have to do something this time.
1: Next thing, you know, you're fucking,
0: he's on your back or yeah, yeah. wrapped around your legs somewhere. and There's just no chance.
1: See, so Shay, I remember we had this, like, this guy come in from the, like, forces. He was English. And he got partnered with Shea. Shea, um, I don't know, the guy must have thought, oh, this guy's really small. I might have to go light with him. It was during sparring. So um, what was it that happened? He was going light with Shea. Shea choked him out. So you can see the guy going, oh, okay, this kid's alright. So I'll go a wee bit harder, and then Shay choked him out even quicker the second time round. So this guy was like, no, 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 you're not doing that again. So this guy, a big guy, keep in mind, this guy went hundred percent on Shay, and Shay choked him out even quicker the third time when Shay, when he was trying to go hundred percent, and it was that look in the guy's eyes like, I fucked up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just like, oh, I was such quality man because like. The whole point of jiu-jitsu is like the little guy being able to yeah, using technique, using a technique yeah. opponent. So but she's she's he's doing so well now, and like we we don't keep us in touch as much as I would like to. Yeah. But um, you know he'll he'll be back. And
0: he's going to be like that high level, high high level training in America one day. He'll be
1: doing his own DVDs. You yeah. know, we all talk about John Danaher and that. Be shame on to get yeah. DVDs soon. I
0: always said like there's something slightly autistic about shane's uh shane's approach to jiu-jitsu it's oh yeah 100 so and so like it's it's unbelievable like he has such a different approach to it he's as kev says he just studies everything so okay. was, yeah
1: like you would come in you'd come in half an hour before class get a good warm-up and shane was there watching dvds of jits and um yeah man he's just you should see him, like, I remember, like, before a grappling match, he goes into what I call Shea world, and just, just you, there's no talking to him, eh? and he's, like, laser focused, and then, like, he almost goes psychopathic, like, his eyes and that, and he walks around, he's looking angry, and then even when he gets his hand raised after, he, he's still in this this zone, he just drifts out, and he's, like, he looks like an actual murderer, <laughs> <laughs> and it's terrifying, because he's about three feet tall, and he weighs about ten pounds, but, um,
0: yeah, You've got like as a team, you've got massive strengths because you've got well, Ginge is probably one of the best boxers I've ever seen in my one life. One of the best boxers Elgin's ever produced.
1: Yeah, just uh, funny because when he goes into an MMA fight, he takes the guy down there and chokes him, <laughs> and you're just like, Ginge, use your hands. Um, you've got Kev who's just absolutely smashing
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yourself smashing it in the cage. Um, She's smashing out on worlds And then Martin Is just kind of Sorry I'm missing out Doug Yeah Scottish Commonwealth Yeah Um, And then Martin Kind of is like Fucking godfather Of the whole lot Yeah
1: And then like I say We've got the Eckhart brothers coming through just now they're yeah. just destroying everyone in K1 and Thai boxing I see Ross Houston's back training uh, through
0: SBG Murray and yeah. things like that as well which is good to see you know you we don't see it on the surface but you probably train with these guys week in week out you yeah. know um, you probably be able to tell us about like how like how good is Chris Duncan you know, you, you yeah. trained with him because
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've only seen what we've seen on the telly. Yeah. You know, he got he totally got robbed. By the way, with that um, what was it? The Dynamite contender series. Yeah, yeah cause his opponent guy. pulled out, but he had made weight. So then, Kristen had to make weight two weeks later, and like, you, you, it's not yourself twice yeah yeah two weeks, nah, that's, uh, that's that's the only reason he lost that fight and had he fought his original opponent he would have murdered him and he would have had the UFC contract and yeah. he's, he just got totally screwed over there is there any guys that we're not hearing
0: of yet that are that are on their way up Scottish MMA scene like Mark Ewan
1: Mark I don't Ewan not if you've heard of him from higher level no uh, what are James doing, guys he's just <laughs> pick your poison get knocked out get submitted is he, one of, is he
0: one of these guys that's just, like, he's not got a strength in particular, he's just good at everything?
1: No, he's great at everything. Great at everything, yeah. like, yeah. okay. Um, he'll, he'll, he's probably the next big thing coming out of UFC, UFC level. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, just give him the time. He's he's dead young as well, so. Um, he's my top pick for. Because the, the Scottish scene,
0: I don't think a lot of people realize the amateur scene in Scotland's massive. Like, there's there's a lot of gyms, a lot of fighters for a lot of gyms. Yeah, that Scottish hit squad. Yeah. Sc- they've got it's, Paul Craig. Yeah, Paul in, Craig. That's
1: his gym. Yeah, it's Vanguard He's just signed a contract yeah, with Cage Warriors as well. Yeah. They've, got, uh, they've got a crazy amount of talent. Man. They're definitely, between, between them, them and higher level, it's, it's you know mm-hmm. they've definitely got probably got the. The future, there even like so north, you've got
0: Aberdeen, Paul McBain, yeah. Your shell, Ross. McBain's sell fight last night.
1: I've not seen it. it. <laughs> stopped. Stopped early. My bank account definitely noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet big on Paul. I've i fought Paul before. I've sparred Paul quite a lot. And you, you bet just, on yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I fought um, Jack Collins, was this what it was on William Hill? Yeah. Yeah. I, put, I only had seven hundred pound in my bank. And uh, I was four to seven on William Hill, so I only had seven hundred pound in my bank. I stuck it all on myself, and got four hundred pound profit. And then, nice. and then when I fought Tobias, I was only a slight underdog, but um, I put I put roughly about four or five hundred pound on myself, and I got stopped really early. But um, again, it was just because I was so confident I was going to win. I, yeah. I did, I did everything right in that fight camp. It's, it's like the way I look at it, you know, like Jose Aldo getting stopped early by McGregor, and you know, other world class fighters getting stopped early. It, it's going to happen mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. Um, so like I, I had a, I had a hard time kind of accepting that one because, you know, the way it happened. It's the first time I've ever been knocked out in my whole career you know what I mean Like yeah. fighting 10 years now and uh, I had a really hard time accepting that one but um, Martin and Kev went and got me a psychology coach a sports okay. sports psychology coach uh, David Neithy he's he's from New Zealand as well which is hilarious <laughs> you know, like calling each other from the other side of the world oh, so he still
2: stays in New Zealand yeah yeah, yeah yeah so
1: we do it was like Zoom calls and stuff wow. and uh, he's really opened up my eyes to like the way I should be looking at things like instead of just going to the gym and you get to the gym, take a few deep breaths outside, remember why you're there. He'd always say, like, create this alter ego as well. When you go into the gym, like, you're not Aiden Steven, you're you know, you're know the phenomenal and kind of be the phenomenal. And, like, he he taught me so many things. And, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely, in the last two years, like, because I've, I've always really, Martin and Kev will tell you, I've always really struggled with the psychology side of it. Like, I've trained brilliantly for a fight, get prepped up uh, perfectly, and then about five minutes before I do the walk, I just start telling myself I can't do it, or, like, just let doubts creep in, like, I get really, really bad anxiety before fights and stuff, but over this last two years, it's not been bad at all, like, I've really actually gone in there,
0: because like, I I can't imagine what it's like, but you obviously have fear, when in
1: the cage. Yeah, so you're not really worried getting hurt. You're worried that you're not gonna perform. Yeah. yeah like being getting hurt's never an issue. It's like, am I gonna look shit? Or am I, you know, are people gonna think, Oh, Aiden's a rubbish fighter and stuff, you know? That's the kind of thing you're worried about. And then, uh, and then obviously losing as well. Like you know, you're gonna home go home and you'll be in the pub and people are like, Oh, there's that loser and lost this fight. Mm-hmm. That's so, that going five minutes before a fight blew yeah, through your head. But, fight, like I said, that's crazy. Dave did a really good job of kind of cancelling that fight noise out and um,
0: yeah like this last few
1: fights have really gone in there ready to kill like my kickboxing coach Andy it was just me and him down for that last fight because Kev is competing and Martin's a policeman so he's wrote us all over the shop but even Andy was saying like after the fight he goes I knew you were going to go out right there and perform the way you did I could just, I could just see everything was right uh, yeah definitely like not only like physically uh, improved in the last two years but mentally yeah. definitely some, a different fighter altogether and that's yeah. why I'm so confident that all these big things are going to be happening very soon. You kind of landed with a winner with Andy didn't you? Because you've got Andy who is
0: your kickboxing coach but you've also got Serlina.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you her shout out? Serlina owns Up, Yeah. Which is my my number one sponsor. So they um, they kicked me out with all my like Supplements and everything, free sunbeds as well. But perks in a job. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I've never ever took her up on that. Never been in a sunbed in my life. Yeah. So, but yeah, she not only does she like she do the the supplement side of things, but also like the diet plans and stuff like that. Yeah. It's hilarious. She messaged me. She was like, for the last fight, she's like, like what what foods can you one hundred percent not have? Like bananas, and I can't remember what the other thing was. Coconut water. And she was like, okay, okay, right, no problem. She gave me this diet plan. The first thing on it was bananas and coconut water. <laughs> Women! <laughs> 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 but, uh, she was like, oh, for God's sake, you're a child. But she uh, she gave me this really good uh, plan, man. And, like, I've still got it. I still use it. Even off, like, when I've got no fights coming up, if I'm noticing the scales are starting to say one person at a time, then I'll, uh, I can kind of go back to that. But, yeah, she, she's... Being amazing. Do you struggle with the kind of eating,
0: keeping yourself right side of it? Because, like, you're a bit like me, fucking love pizza and fucking all sorts of shit, you know? Um, If it's
1: not good for you, I'll eat it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got no no benefit to your, you know. Because I I remember,
0: and I always laugh at it, it I remember being in training once um, and I was rolling with you and I was like, what the fuck are you eating? You're like, I've just eaten two Easter eggs.
1: Oh, man. Easter eggs <laughs> Isn't that a fuel session of training after nah, two Easter eggs mate, Easter eggs Easter eggs are always like I, I try not to take fights around this time of year because <laughs> it's always it's like mini eggs as well like I'll go through about 10 <laughs> packets of them a day and like uh, I remember me and Ginge were at mine and he was like then how many cre- I've bought heaps of cream eggs how many cream eggs do you have? I've just finished my 20th 30 cream sitting, yeah man. Like, I can't, I really, really do struggle to um eat. Like, are you only eating clean when you're in a camp?
0: Yeah, I know it's terrible, but
1: yeah. it's just it's just me, I'm afraid. It's
0: just joys of life, <laughs> isn't it? <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, no, it's, it's real though, isn't it? Like, the stuff you talk about, the anxiety, and that, like, I suppose one of the criticisms, like, people would kind of. Fight, like they watch UFC at face value it's like there's a lot of Americans like I'm annoyed by God and like, <laughs> you know they're, like, yeah, they're all like yeah. everything's perfect in that yeah, but yeah. it's not like everyone's going through something at the end of the fucking day and yeah. you know not everyone's fucking eating chicken broccoli and white rice
0: fucking 24 yeah. seven you know what I'm saying you've got to enjoy your life as well as staying focused yeah, no, you know? I'll always remember
1: Ginger's last not his last fight his last fight before he took his time off to have kids he within two weeks like I didn't even recognise him, he was so fat.
3: Yeah. yeah, he feels
1: so much weight, man. It was crazy, like, I've never seen anyone eat, like, I think I'm a bad eater, you should see Ginge. Aye. And, uh, holy hell, like, he put on, like, 20 kilograms in two weeks, I think it was. That's pretty, that's over <laughs> three stone. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy, like, yeah, but my, I, even with a fight camp, I still struggle to eat. Uh, healthy like even being a scaffolder because like they stop at the shop and they get mm-hmm. these kind of foods on their brakes and that is really difficult yeah absolutely yeah man um,
3: got
2: yeah, all, yeah that's all to, to do with sacrifice that though right like in the sense of like you're doing something that you love doing so there is going to be give or take like going back to mentioning about the belt one of the interviews that I watched kind of leading up to this video you were saying you know I I do obviously care about the belt but I'm more interested in taking exciting fights where from what you're saying today it seems like it's now like yeah. tunnel vision towards the belt is that like you mentioned the uh, sports psychologist and that is that someone that's helped you get to that kind of mindset Yeah that's as well? I just I just
1: wanted to fight before um I probably shouldn't Oh, fuck. It. <laughs> I remember um, Martin Martin had gone and worked really hard to get this uh, this guy over for a seminar and uh, on it was like a Friday Saturday Sunday seminar and I'd seen a week before that that there was a K1 title fight and the opponent had pulled out and it, the f- title fight was up for grabs and the weight class above what I normally thought up, I was just like ooh big, <laughs> big shiny gold belt Aiden like you know what I mean <laughs> and uh, so so I messaged Martin. And I was like, "Oh, I can't make Sunday. I've got, a, I've got. A, what was it was a forklift training course. Uh, I, can't, I won't be able to come." So that's cool. So anyway, did the seminar on the Friday, Saturday, on the Sunday. Went down to Glasgow, took this fight, got this belt. And I was like, hm, "How do I break it to the guys that I've got this belt?" I, was like, oh, I just won't tell them. And then someone went and put the video on Facebook of the fight. Oh. In and Martin. Martin went crazy <laughs> <laughs> he was not he was not impressed at all but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean like that, that that's, that's like that's just like me and Martin all over you know like he's obviously very fucking clever and w- yeah. wants to do everything properly and then there's me just just an idiot you know what I mean so there definitely there definitely has been a few clashes over the years over that but like you say yeah, uh, like before I was wanting to fight anyone and I didn't care who it was and I would just take any fight for the sake of it but uh, now kind of like it's like, why am I taking this fight right okay it's getting me closer to the title or you know there's there's point to it so yeah definitely now it's more there'd be no point of fighting someone that's like ranked lower than me because I'm expected to win so if I win everyone's like ah, well you should have won yeah, there's not much. Benefit, if I lose yeah. then people are like you got beat by someone that's ranked lower than you so now it's kind of just you know taking the right fights to get to the right place because again you know even watching the UFC now like the I think that they said the average age in the UFC just now is thirty six. So yeah, you you there is longer, there is plenty yeah. of time but it's not even a case of like it's a it's a hurry to get there. I just think now is the time, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. let's let's just go go for it now and do you think
0: I we we've had, we've chatted about this previously. Do you think a lot of the UFC these days is your ability to publicize yourself rather than your fighting ability? It's it has it's a lot a, to do with fighting yeah, ability. Half, but half if you can really, you can talk your way in a press conference, you can get these fights. Yeah, you know, Do you, do you think? And it's a
1: shame. It's a shame. That's the way it's going because everyone thinks a corner now. Like you watch any any press conference people mentioning people's kids and parents and stuff and you're like, oh, yeah. come on. It's, that's yeah. not, that's not like, even Colby, there's a, there's an interview of Colby on, in fact, it's not an interview, sorry, he's, he's talking to a kid and he's like trying to give him the, you know, like a, a talk to what it takes to be a fighter and it's like, one of my favourite videos online and it's when you see the real side of Kobe. Ah,
2: it's not the whole act that he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah.
1: like the way the way he presents himself, the way he comes across, and uh, some just like, "Oh, I really like that guy." He's, and then he's like out there calling people like, you know, saying stuff about people's kids and stuff like that. And <laughs> I'm just like, why are you doing like that's not you? Why why are you doing that? And then it just seems to be the way it's all going now. Another thing that's happening just now is people laying hands on each other at press conferences and the uh, ins and stuff. It's like. You know, there, why is there no fines or why is there no Street as well, Masvidal, legal Masvidal, action? Yeah, yeah. they yeah. yeah. so say why is there no legal action, and people are saying, "Oh, Masvidal, no, uh, Kobe's a a bum for you know pressing charges." Fucking, right, he's got yeah. press charges. Yeah. If he doesn't press charges, everyone's just going around doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, uh, I just I I hate the way that this is like becoming just so common now and.
2: Is Even that drilled sorry. into like the young people at the gym as well. Like this behavior is not what
1: yeah, we'll accept yeah. here, we accept here. Yeah, yeah. We especially S P G. We do our best to teach kids that like, oh, that's not the way to do it. You're always like respectful to your opponent. You'll shake your hand before the fight. Shake your hand after the fight. Celebrate on the mat. Don't celebrate in front of your opponent. Yeah, and um, you know, just yeah. If you can kind of implement that, implement that in their mind from a young age, they're going to go on to do that. But if they see it on the TV all the time.
2: You know what I mean? And they kind of glamorise that behaviour. Exactly, yeah. So
1: yeah. I, I hate that man
2: like, There was a thing recently he actually showed me where uh, you know, I don't want to like go too deep into it, but there was a group of um teenagers that had put something up on Instagram where yep. it was like all this kind of bullshit of yep. people, you know, people bullying and that and then he'd screenshotted that you and Kev had commented on it and then those videos disappeared quicker than Prince Andrew's two thousand and one <laughs> contacts list. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know what I mean? But Yeah,
1: man, that's it. Kids, kids. It, that's the
0: thing these days, though. Like when we were kids, social media wasn't as apparent, and you know, you maybe get a video of a fight now and again, but anything is broadcast. Yeah, I, I always think uh, like
1: when we were kids as well. Like there was none of like this trans movement or no. LGBT and all that. Harvey said there was none of that. So like you know, like but now kids are a lot more like educated on how you should be like treating people and stuff like that. So like it's always harder to see like kids getting bullied and stuff like that now yeah i just like i honestly wish i could go around every high school and just like teach martial arts to all the kids let them take out their anger let them kind of real you know show them that there's there's you know there's other ways to solve things without violence and but unfortunately you're never always going to get that and you know a lot of it even comes down to like the, the parents of these kids mm. and then sometimes it's the complete opposite because they got molly coddled their whole life through the rebel you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I, I I, hate it, man. I, I hate bullies. I hate that whole thing. There's, there's that many
0: people, especially in, you see it in pub that get into fights these days that have never yeah. been in a fight in their life and they have it's no idea Or like, they'll
1: talk yeah. online. Like, oh, no way, man. I can't believe he got knocked out. I would have... Yeah, i <laughs> yeah. done that. Post their stuff in and their face with their neighbors. Yeah, yeah, no. it, yeah.
0: Do you ever get, like... Casual fucking MMA fans coming up to you and be like every time you go out, yeah, and <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, I would have done this to them, or I'd have done that yeah. to them, or yeah, like, every time. Does like, that piss you off?
1: No, because yeah. I would probably do the same yeah. if I wasn't educated on it. But um one thing that triggers me is when they go, oh, I've been thinking about coming down to the gym. Fucking, why you tell me? Do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't say, just do. Yeah. And uh, you get this every single time you go out like uh, Mike Hunter uh, not Mike Hunter Mike McLeod. you know the tattoo artist which yeah. is uh, every time he's out, people go up to him oh you know I've been thinking about getting a tattoo Fucking go get a tattoo there. I don't <laughs> care I what you're talking about it. just go no, fucking do it nah, I'm sick of hearing things I just want to see, I want to see action you know what I mean but yeah um, so I've got a couple
0: of bitties here like your your game as a whole, there's there's not a weak point in your game personally. I don't I don't feel but you have a few strong points in your game.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh your dark choke. you your back
1: and I'm Darst choking you. That's yeah, your Darst, darst
0: choke's me. fucking unbelievable. Is this something like I've I've trained with you and I've been in that position quite a few times with you. Is this something that you're looking you're hunting for when you're grappling
1: um, out of your because everyone's kinda clicked on to that's what I do, like they kind of know how to defend it and so not anymore but before it was because i got these long monkey arms it was always really handy the, you know it was always it was always setting this choke up but like uh started finishing a lot of people in competitions with it so people started knowing how to defend it or if they're going against me like i'm not presenting them any opportunity up- any opportunity to take that so then i started moving on to kimuras yeah now the same things happened with that so now i'm going to, have to go find a new submission do you like I've heard how you speak about guys who pull guard.
0: <laughs> no, um, no, like, I, I only I, do I, have I, I to just people a, just I It's just, just a joke, like, nah, a I
1: say it just to try and, like, what, you think that people pull guard already? It's trying to
0: pull guard. Is leg locking something you're going to be bringing into your game? Because that's the way
1: everything seems to be going these days, you know? I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going to have to bite the bullet one day. I've, got, I've actually, like, done a few classes on it and that, but it's just, it's, I if I really struggle with it man like even in the gym if someone's showing something I have to see it 10 times or try it 10 times for I can get it I'm not one of these guys that just picks things up just like that yep. but yeah I'm going to have to the guy I'm, I'm competing in SGI in 5 weeks and the guy I'm against is a leg locker the guy I competed at, um, I competed against um, David Sharp last year he's a leg locker he's just got his black belt as well is not he yeah I knew fine he was going to go for this leg locks as well and uh, he still caught me man like even against like Mike and Kev, I know they're going to go for leg locks and always do a good job of defending it, but I think it's maybe just I've come quite comfortable with them. Whereas when I went against David Sharp, he was, I didn't even get a chance to tap and I felt my knee pop. And, mm-hmm. um... Yes, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to bite the bullet. But you you've seen at the gym, like if Mike goes for a leg lock, or that, I'm like, hey gay boy. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be like, everyone, look, Mike's going for a He's leg lock his, his ass, ass and stuff. stuff. <laughs> uh, nah, but I I know I know her. I know how like um, efficient they are. Like it seems to be the way. If you ever watch any grappling match you now, it's just leg locks. The whole thing leg yeah. locks. But I'm, I'm gonna to have to bite the bullet. Swallow my pride. <laughs> you say your grappling's your strong part of your game. Um, it's strange. I just go through phases of it. like. Re- recently, like I've been doing a lot of sparring, and like I just I'd rather not take the person down. I'd rather just keep it up on my feet. I love striking, and then when it goes to the jits, I'm like, oh. It depends man uh, I definitely think my striking's better than my grappling at this moment of time but then it, like it'll just keep, go through phases of like being like oh I'd rather grapple See, it like this with Jen just keep bringing him up but he's um, you no, know, his hands are amazing yeah but he he's a very good grappler and he's he'll go through phases of wanting to take people down and he'll go through phases of wanting to strike with him uh, it's just I don't know the uh, one thing that will happen like at least 90% of my fights I've taken my opponents back like I always get like get into that position and then you know the majority of fights end with the rear naked choke as well so like all the people going about the darsh I do get the rear naked choke just as much
0: like, Scott well, the Malone fight, you had the backpack for... Yeah. For
1: Unfortunately, guys. he's very good at defending. <laughs> well, man. we were just
2: talking, before I was watching the fight last night, and uh, there's a, <laughs> the bit where you've locked in a rear naked choke on him. He falls And back. The, the, the guy with the camera's not got a good enough angle, so he, like, quickly runs round the yeah, cage yeah. with the camera. Doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was in man. absolute tears at that, mate. That was a fun fight. Just dude. going back to Scott Malone for a second, I was going to ask earlier... When you're in a fight that's, like, such a war of attrition like that with someone, is that maybe a reason why you're such good mates with Scott today? Yeah. Like, if you feel like if that had just been, like, one of you dominated the other one and got the win, you might not have that kind of deep respect for each other that you do now.
1: Yeah, definitely. As, as soon as, like, I had the fight, like, a new level of respect for him as well because, like, I know I'd been through hell, so like I knew he'd been through hell as well, and uh, that was definitely the turning point in like becoming good friends with him.
2: Because that wasn't the first time that he actually came up against him in competition, no, he was it? Absolutely fucked me up.
1: He um, he uh, entered a uh, grappling competition and he smashed me like within thirty seconds. And then was that, that with judo? <laughs> yeah, <he> judo <laughs> flipped me into like, and so it wasn't even like a, a traditional jujitsu choke. It was an Ezekiel choke where you just drive your th- fist into their throat. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened, man? <laughs> and like, he uh, he went on that competition in the open weight, and he was beating like grown men, like and people twice his size. And like, holy fuck, this kid's really good. And then, I, I know I've said this on that, uh, that video, the, the documentary thing, but he uh, fought a lad from Aberdeen. And I was like, he, he had this really distinctive like tribal tattoo up his chest and down his stomach. So I was like, oh, that's that fucking dude that fucked me up. Yeah. And he went in and he he did the same thing again. He fucking threw the guy over his head, choked him out straight away. And I was like, hmm. he was weight class below, but I, I was like, I'm going to drop down and face him. I want to get that win back. And then like two or three years later, we got matched and that was that. So like going into that fight as well, it was more, yeah, like revenge on my mind. Yeah, And then my second ever... It was the third ever MMA fight I got armbarred by this guy Stephen Cusick and, like, it wasn't until after the fight I found out, like, Cusick was, like, the big thing and he was going on, he had he trained out at, like, a really good gym and they all, like, were touting him to be the next big thing professional and stuff, so Scott got matched against, uh Scott Malone, got matched against Stephen Cusick, sorry and, like, Malone fucked him up big time and I was just like holy fuck, you know what I mean? Like, Because Kusick beat me really early, caught me on armbar in the first 30 seconds of the fight. I took him down straight into an armbar and uh, Malone fucked him up. So like, not only was I wanting the revenge from him beating me in the grappling competition, but I wanted revenge for Stephen Kusick beating me. And I was like, to do that, I could do it through Scott Malone. So, You've
0: also travelled about quite a bit for training. Um, you've been down to SBG Manchester. Yep. um what kind of guy Martin Stapleton, Staples, um, Antonio Rogers. Sheldon,
1: yeah, Saul Rogers, Martin Men, this is Carl Tanswell was coaching at the time as well, yeah, like one of the best coaching minds I've ever seen. And um, level like down there because it's yeah. unbelievable, yeah. Um,
0: is it like we know it's obviously going as well, sorry, David Grand, all right, okay, UFC, yeah, he was there as well. I know it's higher level than up here, but is it much higher level or are you, are we not far I, off the pro level here, you know? I would say
1: higher level is the best gym I've ever trained at. Right, right. Okay. Um, the guys there are crazy good. And uh, you know, the thing the thing I noticed when higher level, when I go down, there, when I go down for a uh, sparring is, you know, like when you're watching people train in the gym, they've all got different styles. I think the guys at higher level, like, they all have much and such the same style, like they're the way they're trained, like they're all really, really high level strikers. And then like then their grappling's really, really high level as well. But it's all really similar. But yeah, I just I if I was to do a full camp, I would definitely rather do it at a higher level than anywhere else.
0: And going forward with this kind
1: of UFC goal, will that be staying at S B G Murray or will that be moving to a bigger gym? i will be staying at S B G Murray. Yeah. I've got a family, I can't afford to move about the same way. Yeah. You know, if I got into the sport younger and even like like I say, there wasn't as much gyms back then, I wasn't the same coaching back then. But if I could do it all over again now, um, you know, I would I would just I would probably just do it the same way. Like like I say, having a family and stuff now is a bit different. Yeah. If I could have done it before getting a family, like done more travelling about and stuff, but even, even when I started MMA, like, I wasn't so fucking focused on it. I was still drinking a lot, going out a lot, festivals and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Good still out. young, though. You know, that's...
0: You got, yeah, you're kind of at the age now where you think, right? I've got a family. I'm, I'm kind of. I've enjoyed all that shit. I should be thinking that way, but I still want to. Work. I still want to go to festivals. I think
2: that could be quite a conditioned mentality up here. Sometimes, like it's always get a trade. You know, make sure you do your hires. And like they don't want people to take like risks and follow yeah. something that they want to do and stuff like that. Not saying that having employment shouldn't be on your mind and stuff like that, but I do think like there is a point in time where you know, it seems to be kind of projected through the council mostly, Where it's like, you know, do this, but it's not really, not for the best of you, it's for the best of us, but we'll make you think it's for the best for you.
1: Yeah, like, my year at school, like, was full of, like, really, really clever people uh, who all went off to university and stuff like that, and I was like, fuck what am I going to do? I'm, I fucking wasn't interested at school, so, you know what I mean? And now it's like half them are working, like, jobs that they could have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to university, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's cool to have this nice little bit of paper that says you're clever, but you know, I mean, it's not it's not for you're, you're in when you're at school. It's drilled into your head that you need to do well to go to university to get a job. It's not drilled into your head that you actually got a trade and won't like earn just as much yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's you
2: know, so, so where's their fights in UFC fight pass? You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, so I've got I've got a little bit here. Um I want to speak about Kyle Eleanor fight because I again that was like a massive turning yeah. point in your career. Um I remember being genuinely guided for you after that fight. Yeah. Um I could see it in you after that fight, but that fight kind of changed you a little bit. You know, you seemed more fucking determined than ever after that fight to go on and just start smashing it.
1: Yeah. So like prior to that fight, um, no, I just I was partying a lot.
0: Was that one of the fights you thought, yeah, I'll just take it. It's a fight. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck who it is.
1: Or did no, you no, know I, about Callum? I, I, I knew who he was, and, but I just thought it was better. <coughs> but, uh, Martin and Kev were getting on at me about my drinking and uh, not coming into class, and uh, maybe me. I just thought they were just moaning at me. I was like, stop moaning. You know what I mean? This wasn't. They were obviously wanting what was best for me, and uh, I remember I went to Dubai about eight weeks before that fight and like I always I was always really good at keeping my weight generally low but I'd, I'd, I'd kind of just fallen out of love with MMA at this point and um, I remember I was up at 80 kilograms which is a lot it's the thing it's probably the heaviest I'd ever been and then I came home and about a week after that me, Vince and Scott went to uh, London to watch Liverpool, Barcelona it was a weekend in London of drinking and that and it was just like I don't even care about training. I wasn't, I wasn't showing up. And like, when I was showing up, I wasn't giving a hundred percent. Then, like, before I knew it, fight time had come. Like, normally, fight time takes ages to come because you're putting yourself through hell. But this time, it didn't. It came really quick around. And I remember it was the week before the fight. And I was still about, say, 10 kilograms over my fight weight. Probably more. And, um, this was me moving up a weight class as well. So I just, I'd completely fucked everything up. And like, I was like, I really just could not be, couldn't care less. <laughs> I was going through this like this phase in my life where I was just like, nothing nothing was bothering me anymore. So um, I'd, I'd booked the 50-seater bus again. Everyone had came down. And yeah, then the week of the fight, I started water loading and then my weight went like sky high. And I was like, fuck. And then I just remember like Louise was trying to help me cut weight in the bath. And like, she was like, no, we need to call this. And then your, your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. You've, you've, and I was, I, was I, I don't know. How heavy, how far out of weight were you? Like 10 kilos? Well, I think I was about 10 kilos the week before the fight. Okay. And I was like, I was <laughs> still a wee bit chunky, but like, I was still, you know, there wasn't, I didn't think there was 10 kilos to come off. And eventually I managed to get down to the weight. But not only did I get down to the weight, I couldn't hydrate straight away because then I had to drive all the way to Glasgow whilst I was down at that weight. And I just I made a total arse of this weight cut. And I remember I had to go take out money at the bank, so Ross and Cam pulled over and I went out of the car. And as I was walking to the bank, like I was fainting, and my legs were really hurting, like the joints were really hurting, And I think it's because there was, like, no fluid between my joints, because I'd I'd sweated out, like, every ounce of fluid in my body, and I went down and weighed in, and within 24 hours, I had not hydrated, I was still having, like, really bad fainting spells, and then I went to this fight, and I was like, I knew, I knew fine, I was like, I fucked it, and I was like, I was actually surprised I made it to the third round, because about two minutes into the fight, I was exhausted, like, completely exhausted. And then the second round, I actually managed to take his back and I was like, no one escapes my back takes. But I just had no energy, I couldn't hold on to him and he he, he got out of the back and then in the third round, his sloppiest takedown you've ever seen I was shot and he just grabbed my neck and choked me out. And as uh, funny as it sounds, I fell back in love with the sport after that, after I got my ass handed to me. Was that a massive blessing in a way? Yeah, Yeah, because after that I went on that massive win streak that got me signed to Cage Warriors. So, yeah, because you were, you were
0: riding high for a while because your amateur career was a long amateur career yeah, compared I I to the majority of Yeah, I think had 17 amateur fights and like, I think I only lost about two or three of them. Majority of amateurs are what three or four fights and that's some pros. Yeah. So, like,
1: it was a long time coming your pro debut. But, like, what a lot of those amateurs do is, like, the... I was taking like three fights within like three months and stuff. You know, I was, I was picking up a lot of fights within a year, uh, within a calendar year. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was just like, I did, I had a massive long uh, amateur career. It's just I was taking lots and lots of fights within like a certain amount of time. But I, you know, I remember I went down to, I was, I'll tell you, I was going to turn professional. And then I'm assigned with on top management. And he, uh, James Lake, that was in charge, had offered me the Dominic Whedon fight and uh, it was like oh this my last fight then i want to go professional I think I was about 22 or 23 at the time and I really should have probably just gone professional after that but again I got lazy and stopped training as much and then it was probably about two years after that but if I'd gone pro like after riding the high wave like that I'd, you know it would have made a lot more sense but I beat Dom I went down to London on three weeks notice beat him in his own backyard and yeah. I should have I should have maybe gone professional then. I waited I waited far too long between the the amateur ranks and the professional ranks.
0: Yeah. Cause your 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 first pro fight, um the Carl Eleanors was that second pro fight. Did you go one, one and one?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: one and one. And then it was up to I think four or five and one after that. Six and one. Six and one, sorry. Yeah, yeah. then that was the aimable fight, so it was six and two after that. That um, aimable
1: fight is very questionable, though. It's not. You know, I the more I watch it, like the more I'm just like, ah, oh, could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. At so the time, at the time, I was convinced it'd won. Yeah, I really thought I had, oh, but I do I, I really. Who cares? Just in the past. Do you take that fight again? Um, yes, there's different weights now, though. Some that's sort what it is. Is. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Oh, so I've went down to bantamweight again. Have you? Yeah, because yeah. I did hear the cage warriors commentator saying. Because you've spoke a lot about the, yeah, the struggles went, of getting to battle and weight and that. I went down
1: for that last fight. What you're more comfortable at? Obviously featherweight. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you'll get it with every fight, but you, you panic about your weight. Like but the day before the fight of that and you're like, Fuck, I've still got like four kilos. Did you down. ever go the other way?
0: <laughs> lightweight.
1: Um the the Jack Collins fight was at lightweight? So it
0: was. It was I, I thought it was that catch. Was the last, no,
2: no, last minute change
1: was it? Was it a lightweight yeah, fight? Yeah, anyway, my opponent or? pulled out, and his yeah. opponent pulled out. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. no, that was one fifty-five, and I've, I think I've I fought this lad. Um, I'm really sorry, I can't remember his name. It was my it was my fifth pro fight. It was the fight before Cage Warriors. Kingsley Crawford. No, it was no, that was that was Cage Warriors. This was before. Um, but again, that was lightweight as well, and it was like a really big risk because like. He was actually. I did, was, was that the guy Andy Nunn? No, no, I was perfect. That was before that. This this guy's from Glasgow. He's from uh, Paul. Somebody. He
0: was, I that rings know. a bell. Yeah, and, ginger-haired guy.
1: No, he's bald. Paul. Somebody. Oh, I, I do remember. I'm rubbish for names, Andrew. man. Yeah, yeah. I always forget names. <laughs> but uh, that was a big risk. I didn't actually. I knew. I knew he had stand-up experience, but it's not till actually after the fight. I someone said oh it was a big risk I was like oh how come they told me it's ex- the stand up experience but luckily I just wrestle fucked <laughs> 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 when,
2: when did you find out that you'd got uh, well I should rephrase that question like what was it like when you found out like Cage Warriors what to sign you
1: were? yeah that was brilliant I remember I was actually working at Milton Duff distillery that day and then um, I got the phone call and again it was three weeks notice but Chris Edwards opponent pulled out and, uh, and uh, my manager had phoned me and he was like oh Cage Warriors are saying, you, know, do, you want to, do you want to take this fight? And the, I I knew Chris Edwards was, because I'd seen him fight a lot on Cage Warriors. I think this was, like, his 15th fight for Cage Warriors. I was just like, ah, yeah, I'll take it. And, like, I went home, seen the scales that night. Again, quite heavy, but, you know, if you don't take these chances when they're handed to you, then you don't know if it's going to come back around. I took a chance. I took chance, and, you know... It went better for you, really, could it? Yeah. Even the, the whole, like, the way the sub... You know, it's highlight real kind of material. And then the backflip after.
0: Yeah. It, everything just went perfectly, yeah. It's, it's nasty, that Kamura. Like, it's fucking
1: nasty. Yeah. Um, I've become a bit of a fucking decision master in this last few fights. But it's it's not, you know, all decent fighters have got decisions in their career. Oh, yeah. You know. But, like, I, I look at them, like, the last two fights I've come really close to finishing with a sub. Yeah, like I don't know if you saw the fight against uh, Eddie Walls, but I had him in two rear naked chokes yeah. and the hands. Uh,
2: yeah. iconic photo of you looking like you're out to kill What what did you say to him afterwards? Because when the decision got read out, obviously yeah. he was very gutted because these are both trying to achieve the same goal at the end of the day as all the competitors.
1: I just said like you know, you'll be back. Yeah. I've, I I know how you feel. Just now, I lost my last fight. but You know you can't let you can't let like a loss get you down obviously it's going to be hard to take for the first few days but just straight back to it all huge shot and shit during the fight oh man <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I I'll be brutally honest I just totally underestimated him I didn't think he was that good and then when he like when he even took me down I was like holy fuck like it felt like Wrestling someone twice my weight, and like even when he's holding me against the fence, I had no answer. I just didn't, I don't know why. I just, just speaking been, to you, well, this is all happening. Like,
0: because I've all I've seen a few of his fights where he's actually speaking to guys, I don't think he was no. fighting them. Like,
1: no, he wasn't he was really stuff to you at the weigh-ins, though, because you were giving
2: them, yeah, like a yeah, F there. And then he was kind of he does that to everyone of his opponents yeah. though, right? Well, I
1: never knew he did that. Like, I I didn't study him enough, uh, to know that that's the kind of th- he tried to psych his opponents out before yeah. fights. So I was kind of more not intimidated it was more like what the fuck this guy yeah. <laughs> this guy's crazy but um, yeah man he's, he's something special man mm-hmm. until like like I can't I can't, can't emphasise how good he actually is like how how he dominated me the way he did like it was just it was crazy and he's kind of your
0: next big Irish thing as well isn't he yeah, yeah. man
1: he's yeah. Oh, don't he's get me wrong as well, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he fights next weekend
2: yep Hopefully it doesn't. We'll get you some of your predictions later on.
0: because No, don't him. take my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a hundred percent success rate, apparently. Oh my I've Even seen you giving night. predictions on, on Facebook, and I'm just like, that's not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> I went really and said to I said to all the boys at work this week, I was like, Paul McBain's fine this weekend, put all your money on. him. <laughs> <laughs> Remortgage the fucking house on it. Let's go.
0: Um, okay, so like uh your next twelve months, what's 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 the crap for the next? What's your plan for the next twelve months? Just getting I'm looking, in
1: I'm looking for an August comeback. Ju- June, July, August, like that kind of time. Yeah. So Started putting my weight down now. Been fasting this week. Doing a bit more training than I have in the last three weeks as well. Just slowly, slowly hoping Louise doesn't notice me at the gym all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna just start getting so ready. Aiming now. for two this year. Two this year, yeah. This year. I was aiming for three last year, but um, opponent pulled out the day of the fight, man. I don't know if you've seen that yeah. Yeah, yeah So uh, I mean, would have had Three fights last year But
0: How does that affect you Like
1: fucking somebody On the day Like With a week's notice You can uh, spit A day Yeah, you like can sometimes get a Replacement in the week as well But in the day you're just like a, It's not even all the hard work Was for nothing But it was just like Do You still want to fucking You're still in his mindset Like I just want to fight Some kind of recommend. Yeah I, oh, I <laughs> wait I yeah. wait then And I said if anyone pulls out I'll, I'll take their place and like I was sat staring at my phone the whole day and Kev's like, Aiden, come on. I was like, someone's gonna someone's gonna phone. Someone's <laughs> gonna fall down the stairs of the hotel. I might have pushed him, but yeah. Um, <laughs> nah. Um but to be honest, like I was obviously devastated, but then I realised because the, the cage orders had to pay me because and then I realised I had all this money and I was in London with Kev. And Kev knows London like the back of his hand. You don't have to give us any too much information, but on a
0: personal level, like how how much does this pay this sport? Like no, no, it's it's not for getting punched in the face for like all year round. You know, people just think it's fifteen minutes in in the cage, and (laughs) it's like it's three months of fucking cage warriors
1: sell out their shows as well. They're making good money. Mm -hmm.
0: It's like I know that the UFC. I've seen fight purses and things like that. Is is a jump from the
1: Cage Warriors to the UFC fucking that massive? Or so Paddy got twenty four, well yeah, twenty four grand for his last fight. Well, he got fifty grand bonus, but twelve and twelve, twelve grand to show up, twelve grand to win. So it's not great. Yeah, and
2: he's yeah. already probably one of the biggest stars. Call yeah, call
1: call now, right. And um, you fight three times in a year, make thirty six grand. Yeah. You know what I mean. Make no. that a job here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then like obviously there are fighters making really good money off it, but mm. there's a f- lot of fighters not making great money off it. Maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. It's
2: getting brought up more and more constantly, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember Masvidal brought it up, and then he got a new contract, and then just stopped talking about it. <laughs> I guess everyone's <laughs> a gangster till they
0: get paid. Would um Would you take the jump to like Bellator before the UFC?
1: Um, I, I would I would um, UFC's not the the be all and end all anymore I would easily go anywhere because I can see that happening mm-hmm. you know with the amount of Scottish fighters getting into Bellator
0: recently yeah. oh you know? man I would, I would take it it's a UFC right like even yeah.
2: uh, I think most of you you mentioned this but Ross, Ross Houston was involved in one of the most bananas fights of all time and regardless if he's winning or losing that fight like it didn't get stopped. No. for like a finish or anything. And they so went, and signed, never, yeah. went and signed the other guy. Yeah, you know, Ross. Yes, I hope Dalby again. Imagine and,
1: they did that rematch in, in the UFC. In the UFC, yeah. And then, I don't know. I don't want to say brutal,
2: but maybe cut the loser out. of there I, I don't know, but it just felt really unfair that there was two like warriors in there, and the fight got stopped because yeah, there was Ross. Not to the, the UFC
1: was was, like, you know what I mean. Like a, it was quite disheartening for me because I was like, well, I could go and do what Ross has done don't Get to the UFC, yeah. I, that blew my mind that he never got signed. And Ross was he was
0: was not an ultimate fighter, he was in for it as yeah, well. And, in his, in weight in and his weight pulled class, American, they pulled his weight class. So there's there's all Ross this, Ross
1: has been had some
0: bad dealings. Man,
2: someone on Twitter got in touch with Dana White as well, didn't they? Like they've reached out to him, he'd actually responded and then yeah. you'd go, oh, here we go, and then just went yeah. silent again.
0: But like that's that's kind of like the next level you're at. Um year and a half down the line this is yeah. this is where you want like i say
1: you, going back to that oh the belt's nice but i just want to fight You know, if it came to the big promotions it, i'd probably change my mindset on that i would just be happy to fight mm-hmm. for a living is there a dream fight that you would
0: love to have like uh, you could have anyone in your kind of weight
1: yeah i'd love to fight dominic cruz or frankie edgar they're like two of the reasons i even got into fighting Probably get fucked up, but,
2: <laughs> but uh, that speech that Cruz did after he lost to Garbrandt is something like, like I watch. Well, I mean, it's kind of ruined now because the next one after he said the referee smelt of alcohol and cigarettes <laughs> and ruined, like, yeah, ruined all yeah.
1: credibility of it. He just He just took, took all the excuses out of the promoter. Like, yeah. they were all saying, like, Are we injured? You No, got beat fair and square, man. Just, He's a guy that sucks like, with people's heads as well, isn't he? Yeah.
0: <laughs> same with the cage warriors. Is it like, is there a fight you want, or is just whoever's got that belt, that's who you want?
1: It's not like I'm calling that one out. I'd just like I'd love to run it back with Dom. Uh yeah. you know, at like professional, because we're all slammature and fought. Steve um, again. I'd love the Steve aimable fight back again. I'd actually love the Tobias fight back and uh you know, because he had a fight after that and he didn't actually look as good. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, you know, really like her. Mm-hmm. But um again, the like, rematches like they're not actually there's there's loads of other people for me to fight. You know what I mean. Do you think there's a possibility for a future fight with McBain? No, no, I'd i go through there for sparring too much, and you know? just it wouldn't. I don't. It would. It wouldn't benefit me. I don't think. Yeah. The only way I'd fight someone like Malone or McBain is if like if UFC Glasgow and like oh you have to fight a Scotsman. Yeah, but, um. I'd love to fight that that Lee. I'm getting. He's in my weight class just now, and he obviously beat Eddie Walls last night. And then um, you know, he's 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 quite a, he's like a gatekeeper for that bantamweight weight division. Yeah. Experienced guy as well. Yeah, really good. Cardio machine. Yeah. War after war after war. You know, it's gonna fight so not mm-hmm. personal, I don't fight him because I don't like him. I'm gonna fight him because I think he'd bring out the best in me. And obviously, like you in your career you want the finishes,
0: but the wars are kind of what, what puts your name out. Yeah, there, exactly. Isn't it?
1: Yeah. Or like highlight real knockouts and stuff like that
0: yep would you take a would you take a fancy fucking sub or would you rather a fucking decent a knock fancy knockout yeah. I've got I've got
1: loads of fancy subs I need that <laughs> knockout man I mean uh, that Jack Collins fight man I was raining elbows on him I was like oh, hey, a- what did he do
2: and sure? then and then the, the
1: referee stopped I was like no <laughs> you know what I mean? why did you have to stop it there I had- was that Andy shouting you at
0: that fight He's like yes son go on <laughs> Andy's caught him, man yeah
1: He's he's a brilliant coach as well, and you not know, just a coach. Like he's a good friend of mine as well. Yep. So you know, it's, it's a really special relationship. I've got same with Kev, Martin, Jones. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we are planning
0: on getting one with the five years at the gym. Like that's oh. uh, that is um, <laughs> the plan further down the line. As that'll just be like. That's not going to be allowed on YouTube. No. <laughs> no, so we're getting deep platformed after that. <laughs> Fucking Neil Young coming
1: back. It's funny, though, like, at the gym, you've got, like, Martin and Kev, who are, like, they're quite serious, and they wank over coffee and stuff like that. <laughs> and then you've got me and Jen, who are, like, a bit, like, party animals, and, yeah. like, I was getting in trouble. It's funny, like, uh, Jen's quite, he's definitely, like... He's coming on in two weeks'
0: time, like, and, yeah, we need to ask him about, like, his street fights and shit like that. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: He, ask him about conspiracy theories, ask him about, yeah, street fights... Oh my God! The, the stories. See, one of the questions I
2: had: What's the best conspiracy theory you've
1: ever heard? What, being a scaffolder <laughs> 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 the, yeah. uh, Oh, there's loads of them. What Don't them? get even started. <laughs> nah, nah, man, the COVID's a joke, the, the best one just now is it's not Russia against Ukraine; it's Ukraine against Ukraine. They're bombing themselves. <laughs> Oh man, I was hearing this one. That's crazy. Like yeah. Some
2: people are like, oh, it's not going to happen and then it happens so their justification of that is like, yeah, no, Putin's in the right though. <laughs> like, he's yeah. fine. Mine's at the UN, runs the Finhorn Foundation. Well, hi,
1: uh, and that's where Shay comes from. <laughs> uh, Ginge on this podcast would be hilarious. Like, he's just a weapon. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't... Like, I went on a lads' holiday with Ginge. What Stories can I actually say on here about Ginge? Right, so... You say just, them and we'll he's cut what we yeah, can. Yeah. use <laughs> he's, a, he's an absolute madman. He, um, we went on this like booze cruise and then uh, ginger's was hammered. He's always hammered. We were like, Oh, ginger there's a belly flop competition. He's like, quit I was like, Aye, oh, they're doing a belly flop competition round the side of the boat. The winner gets, I can't remember what we told him, it was money or something. He's like, oh what so he's running like the, you know like a 4.50 slash and wrestling a front flip into a belly flop off the side of a boat like he had two black eyes he's like, and he just came out and he's like going up to the reps he's like did I win and like what he's like the belly flop competition and they're like what are you talking about It's like did I win the belly flop he turns around and look at us we're on the floor we're laughing he's like oh you dicks there was no belly flop <laughs> what else with that? That, that holiday like I, I can only say certain stories from the whole day. It's rough. Ginger, ginger has got a phobia of bogies, and he's got a phobia of sharks. <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, we're, we hired a speedboat for the day, going to this place called Turtle Island, which is a couple of miles away from uh, Zante. So we're, we're out in this speedboat and we're jumping into the water. And we stopped and there's like a slide on the boat and stuff. And Ginger was not getting out of the boat. He's like, no, nah, there might be sharks. Ginger's no sharks. He's adamant he's not getting out of the boat because there's sharks. So we're all jumping in. Anyway, I had been jump- diving in. You know when you're swimming and you've been like in the water and you get like a really runny nose? So I like we're back in the speedboat going and the speedboat's going some speed. And I'm like, boys, boys, watch this! massive snot pellet down the back of Ginger's neck. And, that is a, and like he's got a phobia bogeys, so Just a, ah, ah, And he panics and he jumps off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and not only has he got a phobia like all you see is his head pop out of the water he goes, sharks sharks <laughs> oh like you know what i mean like that's when i realized like oh i may have fucked up along the way here <laughs> like, oh if you get him on this podcast you, uh, you're, it, uh, you're gonna spend the whole hour just pissing yourself laughing it's like
0: he it, it's put on facebook a couple of months ago it was like uh to that guy last night, fucking it started. about, hope you enjoyed your fucking elbow supper, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know allegedly. the boy. The
1: boy messaged him, said, "Give me a couple months to train, or,
3: like, I'll have that rematch with you."
0: rough <laughs> <laughs> guy,
1: allegedly.
0: Um. So
1: do do, do you want to uh, speak about Liverpool? Oh man, yeah. The one today. You know what's funny is like this podcast was meant to start at half two and <laughs> Liverpool were playing till quarter past two so I was like <laughs> that's probably why I was ten minutes late but yeah man it's it's funny like see growing up my, my my whole family is like massive Rangers fans but they just could not get me into football and I knew my mum supported Liverpool but like I almost hated Rangers because my family supported them like I always just wanted to go against what they supported and then uh, but when I went to college like, again I didn't start supporting liverpool till I was like 17 or 18 or something i went to college and the whole college class was into football so they were like who do you support i i kind of like liverpool i don't, <laughs> don't know a fucking thing about liverpool but my mum likes them so they must be all right and then i uh, we went to william hill after and they always put their pound coupons on every day and i put my pound coupon on and it was like 200 pound back if it came in for like a few games and i was like How's that? And like, oh, because you've chosen this team to beat that team. No, that'll never happen. And then, uh, what was that happened? Back at college on the Monday and I'd forgotten about my coupon. And one of the boys was like, did you did you go get that coupon sorted? And I was like, what you want? You won £200. And I was hooked, hooked on football. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can get money for this. And uh, yeah, it, that was the start of like supporting Liverpool. And uh, then I started studying the history of it and I uh, really fell in love with the club. Gone to see them, watched like them few week time, in yeah. week out. Yeah. I was like, I honestly love Liverpool Football Club, but uh, the only problem that came along with that was like a really bad gambling addiction. Like, uh, you'd have a heart attack if I told you how much money I'd lost over the years. But I was, I was like, I'd gone from making, I think the most I'd ever made in a month was like five hundred pound up until I was about seventeen or eighteen because, like, it, all jobs like Halfords and like, I did an apprentice stonemason, which was, like, £3 an hour. And I'd worked And where else? Asked Dan Tesco. And so, when I started working for Shivas, I was all of a sudden on £500 a week. I was like, I, I'd never had money like this before. So I'd go gamble it all, but then I wasn't even bothered because, like, because I'd learned to live with, like, so much mon- little money over the years. And then, like, but then it started getting really bad. Like, I had no money ever. And everyone was like, how have you got the money? So I've lost it all gambling. And then William Hill went and put this thing out. You could like actually see how much money he'd lost over the years. Like they started, I think it was the law that like let people know how much money they were actually losing. And then this was getting really badly. Like I was actually, I'd get paid on like the last Friday of the month or whatever it was, and then we would be skint by the Saturday. And then I remember it was Tyson Fury versus Klitschko, and J- Jamie Steele was over mine for it. And just like that, I put a thousand pound on Klitschko and Tyson Fury beat him and I was just like oh and like it wasn't it wasn't even like it wasn't even yeah, like you know what I mean I wasn't even getting like upset about losing this money I was just like oh I want it back or kind of had that mentality and this went on for years and years and like it got really bad like I had to go get help and stuff Didn't actually realise her bad like even like I do have it under control now like I still bet a lot but like I'm at the point now where if I lose like a 10 or a 20 pound I'm like Mm, that'll do. Aye, yeah. I'll maybe start betting again in a couple of weeks, or like, even if I have a really big win, because like, yes, it's quite easy to predict. Like recently, mm-hmm. if I have a big win, I'll be like, like I'm not betting again for a couple of weeks. You know, I'm happy with that win. But yeah, for a for a long time, gambling addiction was like a real thing. Do you have an addictive personality? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know that. Yeah, I've I if I if I set my mind to something like.
0: Do you think, like, if you hadn't been so focused on MMA and boxing and all the combat sports, it would have been the same with drugs and alcohol and things like
1: that? Yeah, of course. See, like, now, if I'm ever out, out at night or at Elgin, like, people I used to know from school and that, like, everyone's on drugs, man. It's crazy. Like, Elgin, it's all, it's all everyone does now. It's, it's It's bad, like, you go out and, like, it's like people you know and love and they're like chewing their face off in a pub and you're like it's a fucking Friday night man it's, yeah. you know if you're going to a music festival or something they maybe let you off but it's yeah
0: you get a lot of guys who don't just do it in their bedroom uh, don't just do it in their pubs anymore it's in their bedrooms yeah. on Monday night you know yeah a school night I have always said that half the world's mental health issues is because half the world's on a come down
1: yeah exactly no <laughs> oh, it really is
2: though like fucking, you might of people that will say, oh, it's just a weekend thing
0: and then you see them on a Wednesday
2: sneaking in the toilet with two random guys and then the <laughs> next thing, you know, their fucking pupils are the size of Big Ben,
1: you know what I mean? Oh, man. I remember, funny story, me, me and one of my pe- best pals growing up, Mark Angus, we, um, so like, you had to be in the Granary by half twelve, it was open till three, but if you weren't in by half twelve, you couldn't get in, like, uh, they, they close their doors. So we were at the kebab house and I just ordered this massive pizza and, uh, for whatever reason, it was like twenty five past twelve. Had five minutes to get to uh, the ground arena. I was like, "Oh, we need to finish this pizza." What we're we gonna do? And I was like, I, "I know, I'll sneak it in." So I put up my top, close my jacket. Walked in. And I was like, what are we gonna do with this pizza? I don't know why, like obviously hammered, a great idea. Let's go to the toilets and eat it. So me Kenneth. <laughs> it might have been, been Mark Loon, but it was definitely me and Mark. And we went to the toilets and all three of us went into this toilet cubicle. And we we're sitting scrawning this pizza. Next thing you know, bang, bang, bang. bouncers burst through the door and I'm like
3: pizza. <laughs> what the
1: fuck? And we we're sitting scrawning this pizza. Quality man, it okay. was hilarious. Only an El- Elgin, only Aiden. That's uh, an Aiden story, man. What happened
2: at Shivas Brothers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so,
1: like, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't the perfect uh, employee, but like, no one is, like, especially there. Um, i f- I filmed one of the lads eating a banana on his lunch break, and it wasn't like a random attack. It was like my best friend there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like. I'd like forwarded the video and backwards and it made it look like he was sucking off the yeah, banana mm-hmm. and I put it on Facebook. But it was no different to what anyone else was doing. Like yeah. People were like actual photoshopping cocks in people's mouths and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, it was ridiculous. So anyway, next thing you know, I'm, I'm working away on the Monday morning and I get escorted off site by two managers. And... You that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. like, bills. And uh, I got told I was suspended. And I was like, for what? And like, we can't tell you. So anyway, like you have to come in and however many days for a meeting, and we'll tell you then. So I walk in, and there's like they've got a screenshot of the banana video. I'm like, is that it? I was like, fuck! fuck <laughs> fuck! I thought it was something serious. I don't have nothing to worry about. It. I thought they were on to fucking half their employees stealing whiskey from the casks <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I thought it was something serious. So as soon as I saw it was that, I was like, oh, I've got nothing to worry about. And then after I had a meeting, and then two weeks later, I got a letter in the post saying I'd been dismissed from the company. And the worst part about it is like they put it down as gross misconduct. Yeah, so but that
2: covers so much stuff and is a very broad kind of term. So now like,
1: if I ever apply for a job in the whiskey industry, yeah, I've got gross misconduct to my name in the whiskey industry. So like I can't and like whiskey is like the only thing I know. Like mm-hmm. like I would go home from work, I would like I would look up a brand of whiskey, I would study it, i like I can tell you so much about whiskey and uh, books upon books of it. And then, uh, like even my whiskey collection. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've got a whiskey collection. Yeah, I It's like heavy. It. And uh Yeah, like I just like overnight lost all that passion for the whiskey industry after realising. But like it's just full of fucking vampires, man. Like the, the people that are there are the kind of guys that would like rat out and Frank to fucking you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's the only way <laughs> I can describe it. Right? Yeah, yeah, fucking that preview clip <laughs> they're 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 fucking horrible people. <laughs> and like <laughs> I'm always always bitter about the way I got let go, but at the same time, I'm just glad to be away from that absolute scumbags. Yeah, yeah. were they a were they a stumbling block for training and things? Or were no, they, I, I had it really good with them actually. Um, it was tell galvanizers you what, was that were
0: stumbling block for training.
1: Was, was it, it sorry, galvanisers? Yeah, because I was on day shift two weeks and then night shift for two weeks. I was missing two weeks of training I've heard at the time. A lot of shit things about that fucking place. Like yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. I'd honestly rather guide my dad into my mum than go back there it is, <laughs> it is now we're talking hour and a half and the savagery's coming out it is it's by and it's just like it's just the mentality there as well they're the kind of guys that will grasp people see when i was at Chivas, i worked with this absolute vampire called ian barber right <laughs> and he uh, he right he would rat out anyone he, he was just like an absolute horrible cunt. And he, uh, he ran into the office one day and he said to the boss, like, Lee, Lee Henry was speeding down the fucking road there. It was like a 10 mile per hour zone. So. He's he's like, what do you, he was going 40 miles per hour? I was like, how did you know he was going 40 miles per hour? Because I was driving behind him. He grassed himself up <laughs> to grass up. That's, <laughs> that's what kind of people I was working with. Eh? Jesus. And then I worked this, at the Galvies I worked this absolute clown called Xander. He's not all there, so... I'll let him off but uh, I, won't, <laughs> I won't let him off he's there, he's there enough to know what he's doing but he um, he came into work one day he was, he was in a bad mood what's up with you bud and he's like oh I've left my cigarettes at home so this was like the day shift taking the night shift taking over the day shift I was in day shift he was on nights so I was like oh don't worry so out of common courtesy because I'm not a cunt I drove to the garage got him cigarettes came back and I was like here you go bud and he's like oh, you would do that for me I was like aye oh, mate don't worry about the money just uh, try not to be so grumpy. Anyway, the next day he got called into the office because he got caught doing something, and he goes, "I will." Ethan was on his mobile phone earlier. <laughs> Jesus, I'm just God. like I've just came out of one company of lizards to another. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and then now that meant the Garveys. Uh, the Galvez now i been scaffolded. in it's literally your boss is like you got a problem with someone fight it out you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I oh, went well. after pretty one. secure <laughs> there then <laughs> 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 it's probably though because when I first started I said to one you of the boys dog in there after two months like <laughs> 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 yeah, when I first started there so there was uh, this guy who was pissing me off so I went up to my boss and I was like what will happen if I smack him no that's not what I said I said uh, what would happen if I hit someone and he goes who is it and I said who it was he goes oh that's alright <laughs> so I was like it's my dream job the okay, right. this, the scaffolding see like for the first time in a long time I like everyone I work with and like there's a really sense of brotherhood there are a few guys that would like fucking stab you in the back but it's it's not as bad as all the other jobs I've had this lad did's a work with you. he's he's fucking him and the, did's, him like. and yeah, he came <laughs> did's <he came laughs> fat Bob Daniel Little uh-huh. so here's a funny story Um they're they're like the the chuckle brothers of the company. They're, they're they're super good at their job, but they just love a laugh. They love a wind up So I came in one morning, and Dads is always on TikTok. So Dads goes to me, he's like, "Oh, uh, do you want to try my TikTok fudge?" And I was going like, on about it. He's like, oh, "I made Malteser fudge last night." Is it? Like, you know what I mean I was like what the fuck so he showed me he's like Look, have some I was like why, why are you trying to give me like he was dead keen on giving it and he's like, I like you eat a bit because I was like he's always spike, this or something so he's sitting eating it I was like okay so I took a bite and I'm not joking it was beautiful it was brilliant so I was like something's not right here but anyway I was like oh, he's another one so I eat another few bits and I was like oh I appreciate that buddy. he's like I don't mean, know so anyway put it back in the van I'm walking away and all I hear is Fat Bob shout who the fuck's been eating my fudge <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even did <laughs> Dids is walking away giving <laughs> Bob's fudge telling it it's so funny Dad's got his own back because uh, no Fat Bob got his own back no was it Dids oh, no it was Fat Bob that done that to me sorry so Dids had been making it Fat, Dids was an army and he's like quite passionate about like the armed forces and uh, whatever distillery he was working at the the boss would I think he had been in the armed forces as well so him and Deds were getting on really well and talking about like the stories that they shared and stuff anyway Fat Bob goes up to this boss and goes uh, Deds isn't Telling you he was in the army, was he? The boy's like, Yeah, he was. Oh, he was now. He tells everyone that, but he wasn't. And then he's like, What? He's, like, oh, he's, he's been working at McDonald's all his days. <laughs> so the boss <laughs> is like, What the fuck? You didn't have to joke about being in the army. So every time this boy saw kids, we'd blank him all past him. This is like, Quit my dad. And Fat Bob had to tell him what had happened. <laughs> This is just the kind of the stuff that goes on, go on a daily basis at yeah. that company. It's quality <laughs> like, but I, right, like I say, for the first time in a long time, I'm happy with where I'm working. I'm happy with like the guys I work with, and I'm happy with the job as well. It's really physical. Like, there's days I come home and I'm absolutely knackered. And I'm like, fuck, I've got three hours of training there. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm first time in a long time, I'm quite happy with the way everything's going in life. Eh? Yeah
2: get to the major promotion and that i know you kind of get asked this a lot from yeah
1: marketing. so like the to be like a safety net yeah, yeah yeah i would always go back to it if like that and if it didn't work out i've always got that but as long as i can look my two kids in the eye when they're older and say like i tried my hardest like that was my dream i wanted to do that and, and,
0: not uh, and then i like this thing <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> you
1: know i mean as long as i could tell as long as i could tell myself that like i did actually you know Give it everything I had because, like, up until you know, like, maybe a few years ago, I I, I was giving it a lot, but I wasn't giving them all. I was I was happy just to do the bare minimum, just to like keep afloat. But I was like, now I'm doing. You're like you probably you, you know this
0: yourself. You probably don't see this yourself because other guys will see it in the gym. But you're you're naturally talented. Yeah, like so I know. Do what you think if you'd been 100% focused from the start and not had these distractions, you'd be probably that fucking elite world champion level by now. It's because you've already, you yeah. already had the natural talent. The way I look at it as well, like, you know
1: like football? Yeah. How many people actually make it to like top, the top leagues exactly, in the world? yeah. You have some of the best, like, even the guys that play for Lossyworth are shit-hot footballers, like, really good. But, like, a lot of the people don't get that opportunity to, you know, go on. Well,
0: I, I can uh, I can get on board with what you're saying. They're the best I remember playing school football when I was younger and the best player I ever came up against was Brian Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Brian Cameron is now Elgin City captain. Mm. But that's like, that's his level. Yeah. So, and that's the lowest level of football. He could
1: easily, if the opportunity presented himself, I reckon he could have... He could have went higher 100%. Definitely. But he's still in the lower levels of the game. Yeah. So that's how high that world-class level is. You know what I mean? So like, so, so many people make it, you know, I mean, so like... Even if I do try 100% and give it my all and I don't make it, you know, it is a brutal nature of the game sometimes, isn't it? Yeah.
2: yeah. I suppose you can't think like that either, like, you know, oh, if I'd done this differently and that, I'd be there now. And, yeah, you know, of it course. Getting, you can hear it now,
1: it? All I can focus on is what I'm doing now and what's going to happen over the next.
0: Do you, in terms of obviously training, you take a lot, you take a shitload of damage in fights and training, more so in training and that. Yeah. Do you have a timeline on your career? Do you think, you don't want to be one of these fucking guys at 45 getting oh, like let the sport like, beat them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, pe- people, I'll go, I'll go back to the question in a second, but like, the likes of Khabib retired on top, yeah. Mm. Uh, GSP retired on top. You know, you don't really see much fighters doing that. Then you watch Chuck Liddell who came back and tarnished his career. Anderson Silva um Connor now, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I'd exactly. die. That wasn't really punch damage. No, just but just it's
0: really like, like someone Connor else damage. took him away
1: for ages and then he came back and everyone else would, Yeah, I him. would definitely I, I think I think your boy like if the fans know when it's time to retire, then you yourself should know when it's retire time to retire. I do I do plan on like if I was to say now, like maybe about forty years old. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I never realised until you started fighting pro, like, how much goes into it. I didn't know you guys went for brain yeah. scans and things like that. You know, you pay all that out of your own pocket as well. Um, but that's the stage it's at, you know. Obviously, is there is there changes in your brain from getting punched in the fucking head so many times? Or? You know
1: what? See, if I wasn't so forgetful and stupid prior to taking up fighting, yeah. I would honestly think that, like, I had, like, brain damage because I've got a really, really bad memory. It's, I, I was like that before I started training. I don't know. So, but like I say, if it weren't for that, I would definitely think that that was the case. Yeah. But, um, in terms of like being, I've only ever been knocked out once in like 60, 70 plus fights. I, I took like 10 boxing matches, took about um, maybe about 10 Thai boxing matches. And then I've had about K1 fights. Yeah, and- even the MMA, I've probably had about 10. 30 MMA fights and then think of all the grappling competitions and everything yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I've been quite lucky in the terms of like taking damage like fucking like that scar there that was the Paul Hughes fight like I'm gonna have that for the rest of my life like yeah. and like my nose is like like the Nike tick you know what I mean like <laughs> and then I got that tooth knocked out in a fight I used to have like really really white teeth like it used to be like I used to be like, if I was going to, I don't want to be sound big headed, but if I was going on a night out. Like, I, I always thought, like, white teeth, dark hair, I'd like, you know, ladies' man. And see now, going on a night, I'm like, try not to smile. I don't want anyone to see my black teeth. <laughs> and I try and look at people from an angle so they don't see the shape of my nose. And I've got these cuts all over my face. And it's one thing, yeah. Like, I've taken a lot of damage, but not, I mean, I've taken a lot of damage, like, I wouldn't say, like, to my brain and a half. Yeah. Lots of broken foots well cosmetic Egg shit. Employees. Yeah, and, but like, no, I haven't really taken much in the sense of brain damage, I wouldn't say.
0: Yeah, because like, well, I've been in, I've been in the gym on a Monday after you've been fighting on the Saturday night and you're yeah. coming in your you fucking black and blue but you're straight back into it. You know? Yeah. You
1: know? I think that's what people do is take too much time off in between fights. And yeah, If you can get just it, keep that mentality. Has there,
0: there been a fight where you thought, oh, fuck, I fucking need a week or two off because I'm fucked, like...
1: Uh, no. No, not no. I can think of. Maybe there has, but I can't really think of anything. No don't know, like um you are saying like you've seen what it's like in the gym. See, if you watch me in Ginger Spar, you could sell that. You sell those fights for. Well, it? I remember the video of the overhand, right? Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I got the takedown. So that's all that matters.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I took him down off of that. Um yeah, I remember the video of the overhand, right? And then when we had Doug on, we were speaking about when Dave McCabe got his jaw broken. Yeah, Bradley Poole
1: spinning yeah. kick, yeah. Um, it's that, funny because Bradley had never ever done anything like that in his life. He just randomly was like, "Yo, you know what? I'm gonna throw a spinning kick for a laugh." Then it turned out not to be a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's back when,
0: like, these guys were fucking killing each other in the gym. I n- not fucking killing each other, that but like
1: not intentionally either. But there was lots of injuries getting guys were pushing man. each other fucking hard. Like,
0: um, but that's before the days of the gym that you've got now. Yeah. Working up at Ali's, pulling out mats and, you know, guys that come Having to put the
1: mats in before every class, put them away at the end of every class. Guys that come down and train just now. I don't, like, don't realise, I <laughs> don't know what it was like. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you see yourself, I know it's, it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen in the future, but do you see yourself being, if you get into the UFC, just, you kind of touched on it earlier, saying that, you're happy to just take a fight if you get there yeah
1: but
0: do you see yourself making that push once you're there or you're like right fuck it I just want yeah. to fight I, the, to me is like it,
1: is, it, is it aim the UFC or is it aim a belt in the UFC you know the aim's not even UFC the aim's just to fight for a living make a decent money amount of money for my family and just do what I enjoy yeah it's, 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 it's the sad truth but it's the only thing I enjoy is just training yeah. like I get major fucking down in the dumps if I haven't been at the gym like even just now I've, I've just had a kid but because I'm missing training so much I'm like getting fucking gutted and angry and sad but then you're like you've got a beautiful kid at the, you know, out of it but then it's, it's like emotions isn't it yeah it's, 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 it's really, that's just kind of if you're going to do a sport like MMA I'm afraid you, you're either all in or you're not if you're not in then you're just wasting your time you're not wasting your time you're wasting your time if you want to achieve something out of it but if you're not you know, it's it's a really brutal, really demanding sport. It's like really, really does take it all out of you as well. Yeah, I think the biggest example of that is
2: probably the most famous person in the sport, as in Connor, What we were just saying, right? Like yeah. when he went on that run and you know got the two belts and that. It, like we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like it kind of felt like that's when him as an elite fighter died. Really, and everything. Yeah, since I then think
1: I think the money fucked him. To be honest, like. Yeah. And, like, people talk about fighters getting paid and that, but, you know, Mike Tyson, he got paid, you know, he got paid yeah. the same money and... He fucking, fucking lost it all. Lost yeah. it all. Dan King was
2: charging, like, ten grand for towels or something like that. Crazy, man. But,
1: you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's that's the other thing about money in the sport. Like, people complain they're not paid enough. If you are paid too much... <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, saying that, Khabib. Khabib was making really heavy money and he, was, he stayed loyal to the sport. The...
0: I suppose the, the upper echelon, yeah, it comes with that, but you've also got, it's not just UFC paying, you know, you've got all that endorsements, sponsors, yeah. you because know.
2: they took all that away with the,
1: um, Reebok, the Reebok deal. Reebok deal. Yeah. yeah, they've got Venom, some like crypto mm. currency thing there as well. I suppose that... Like fighters were making really good money off a of sponsor before. Mm. Like I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, i not going to lie, I'm paid quite well by my sponsors. Um does that just pay for camps
0: and nutrition, travel, travel not that? Yeah, the nutrition, like... Or do you take make gear. any money that yourself out of that? Not to get too personal, like... What do, you, what do you mean? So, like, is your sponsor money used for brain scans, travelling, Yeah, or do you... Yeah,
1: be- uh, you mean, like, do I use it to go buy myself a new... <laughs> yeah, 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 like, a new <laughs> car or something? Nah, nah, it's all... So, it's all, basically, uh, I'll kind of say to my sponsor what the money's for, no, and then I've got... no. Some people will message saying, like, oh, you would love to sponsor you. What are you looking, how much are you looking for? And I say, well, what are you looking to give? Yeah, and then, like, any money that I make is excess, like, say, I'd, like, I'd more than I needed. It would be put aside for, like, training purposes. But yeah. if I've got a fight coming up, because I work Monday to Friday, it's hard to train elsewhere. And then, you know, with have the family as well. But I'd love to, I, what, I, what I always did was um, drive down to the higher level on a Sunday for sparring and like it was expensive to get down and back so it's like sometimes you go down on a Saturday you get yourself a hotel room yeah. and like even with the um, grappling competitions you know rather than drive down in the same morning of a show and you're, you're tired you know what I mean because you're leaving at 6 in the morning and then the show's like 10 in the morning till like 6 at night and you know you're just sat around waiting for your name to get called so you can go down to a hotel the night before so like it's, it's all like it's just expenses you know what I mean and then uh new equipment and the hang if you're training all the time, your equipment's getting wrecked all the time. So you're constantly having to buy new gloves, new stuff like that as well. So yeah, absolutely. all the all the sponsorship goes towards that. But then there have been times when sponsors have been like, Oh, well done, win your fight. Here's money as well. Aye. Yeah. So like I've I'm I'm quite I'm paid well for my sponsors. I'm very lucky in the sense that um you know, I've got the people looking after me the way I do. Another thing I spend money on is I do, like, loads of personal training out at the gym. So I'm always buying, like, you know, like, equipment mm-hmm. for them as well. So it's not just for myself. Okay, I mentioned you got a manager. Is there a fee and things like that involved there, or is that, like... I think it's only if you get to, like, a major organisation. Like, cage order is obviously a big one, but it's not it's not a major. So, like, if I was to go any higher, like, yes, your belt, or then they would get a cut, which, you know for me it would be fine because they've got me there but at the same time we're talking about fighter pay and, like they're asking for like 20% and you're already making shit money yeah. so
0: the, the money in fighting
1: ain't worth <laughs> it my at that no, yeah,
0: level well, isn't it Francis
2: Ngannou right He'll, he's wanting to go by a box Tyson Fury because he made like what 300,000 for that last oh, title and fight. he's a champion you know <laughs> like have yeah. done a bit of reffing in your time as well have you yeah so that's another thing Like, uh, I'd obviously
1: have to go into like full time coaching uh, but after like I retire, I'd love to just get back and judging, refereeing, especially refereeing. Like you're basically getting <laughs> the best seats in the yeah. house, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, like I'd I'd love to like kind of do something backstage as well with the fighting. Like maybe like I don't know. I just, I'd I'd love to just stay involved with the sport. Oh,
2: yeah, keep you in the sport,
1: kind of going back to ref. And is it
0: is it weird being in there with like some Mark Goddard and all that? Thinking that's Not really no, no, nah, like.
1: like even like from the last fight we shared a room with Paddy Pimlet like people are like oh you 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 were in the same changing room as Paddy it's like he's just a normal guy you know what I mean he's just a normal guy like me and you who's obviously got this like larger than life personality that's one thing I've always like really struggled with and like I've I always love fighting and see like the whole talking side of it I hate that like it's not that I hate it I just hate doing it I just want to fight you know what I mean but then you've got to realise that, you know, you've, you've got to. It's part of the sport, I'm afraid. You do have to fight. You do have to talk. Um, it's funny, like, you talk about, like, the WWE wrestling and stuff. I remember it was, like, there was, a, like, a school opened in Aberdeen for it, like, teaching you how to wrestle. And, like, these guys were doing, like, shows, like, around the UK and stuff. Yeah. So um started going to that and, like, they were saying, like, oh, you're really talented and stuff. And then I went there one week and we did, like, a microphone work, you know, like, a lot of wrestling Pro, pro wrestling is like talking, yeah, and I was like, I'm fucking doing that, and they're like, oh, you have to, it's, it's part of the sport. And I was like, I, no, I'm not doing it, and then it's like, fuck and then like the same here when I started going to Cage Warriors and started doing interviews and stuff like that. People are like, holy, fuck, this guy's boring as fuck, <laughs> you know. What I mean, it's, it's not that I'm boring, I just I don't want to do it.
2: It's another one of those things where, like, oh, you know, I fuck who would have said that, and then as soon as they're there, like.
1: Start doing them like Paul McBain's. His are his are fucking insane. <laughs> I've seen a Flyby one before,
0: McBain. <laughs> Fuck you, Flyby. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, is that something that this
1: coach, this is it a psychological coach? Is yeah, yeah. He can like, help with. He was like, saying things like what I should be saying, stuff like that. Yeah, he's David. I believe. Like, even if you look him up on YouTube, like some of the things like he, he himself like he he had a shit job and the uh, like he was like i think he might have been printing paper or something like that and then like he started studying psychology and, like he, the guys at the the office were taking the piss out of him saying like fuck what are you going to do with that you know and then like he ended up going on, like, he's uh, he's also also the the psychology coach for Adesanya, oh yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah and, and uh, Dan Hooker and the um, High like car of France, and yeah, you know, he, just got and he well. like he's he's just not only working with fighters, he works with like professional golfers and stuff like that. Look at look at up, man, yeah. he's he's unbelievable. Like I actually learned a lot more from him, not more from him, I learned a lot for, about him, uh, like about psychology. Sorry, watching his videos, like not the one to ones we were doing, but like seeing what he was doing with other people as well. He's super super amazing guy. Amazing what he does. Yeah, I think Kev Kev's done some stuff with him as well. Right, like Kev's Kev's mentalities over over the last two or three years have changed drastically as well. So yeah, he's
0: just turned a bit of an animal, isn't he? Yeah,
1: it's funny if you saw Kev at school, he was like the most shyest timid timid guy i have ever seen, and like because he was that's what he was like at school. Like people took advantage of it, Yeah, yeah. but like. I would love just to see Kev go fuck up every single person that ever gave him, gave him shit at school. Yeah. People are definitely
2: checking that their door's locked in. Now, <laughs> <aren't
1: they? laughs> yeah, Kev's, Kev's too big to rise. You know, do that. You know, he just rises above it. He knows exactly. Kev, like
0: so Kev Martin and Ginge and, and Doug, are they kind of the biggest influences on your game? The oh, yeah. that you train with all the time? Yeah, definitely. Um, you say you've got this kind of I always feel like it's almost a, like a parent and child relationship you and Martin have.
1: Oh yeah. But
0: uh, just the way it is, man. <laughs> you, you are his Him. child in his twenties. Like and he's, he's a bit like the dad sometimes. I don't know. i definitely, young, <laughs> definitely younger
1: than <laughs> the twenties. Adolescent teenager.
0: Uh, yeah. But like these guys obviously have a massive influence on you. I, d- I don't think I can underestimate how good a coach Martin is. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that your game is where it is today because of his influence? Of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He
0: doesn't, uh, he doesn't leave any stone under, tur- unturned Does he, he yeah, kind of covers like everything. It,
1: it, It's like always a matter of like how you like to be coached. Some people like to be, I always remember Martin. I can't remember who it was. It was a family at Ali Savills. And the, someone has said to martin to like give someone praise he's like oh they're doing really well you need to give them some praise and martin's like they're not a fucking dog they don't need they don't need patted on the head and that's the kind of like he martin's like really you know what he's like yeah. he's really hands-on and like but that's his style of coaching and like for me his style of coaching brings out the best in me i think if if i had like someone it was like oh well done and you're doing really well and kept Constantly giving praise, i probably get a bit too big for my boots or something. Eh? Aye. Martin's a really hard guy to impress. So, when even Martin turns around at the end of a session and says to me, like, well, Danner, after a fight, he's like, oh, you did awesome. It's like, fucking hell, yeah. I must have done that. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's his style of coaching. It's, what, that's, that's the reason Kev's as good as he is. Yeah, yeah? like, because Martin's, like, obviously mm-hmm. uh, put it hard to Kev in, in training and that, and like, constantly on his tail. but yeah look look for kevin's now because of it exactly, Luke exactly. I am. because of it as well yeah like you can't
0: underestimate that influence like and yeah. it's funny as well like think if martin had put it i don't i'm not applied himself as the wrong word did you think if martin had set his mind to it he'd have been at the level you guys are at with oh yeah the MMA martin things
1: the thing was he was so good at mma but the, i think like there was like trouble with the police like he, he was coming into work with black eyes and were kind of saying like you shouldn't be doing that, but at the same time, the police had like a rugby team. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, and it, it's just it was a, absolute mm-hmm. shit. Like he could have obviously gone on done really well. I suppose there was a massive stigma
2: attached to this sport not even ten years ago. Really. Like a lot of people seen it as quote unquote human cop fighting, Yeah, and that, and I suppose that's why it's taken longer
1: for like. But like I, I said, he he he, cha- he channeled it to change like his mindset, changed to grappling unbelievable yeah i've uh i remember martin went to this grappling competition i don't want to say any names but he absolutely ruined the guy who was like one of the top guys for a long time and like effortlessly yeah uh, it's like fucking like because i train with him every day you forget how good he actually is like yeah. but then we've seen him doing it to other people you know, holy shit this kid, <laughs> boy's an animal he's yeah, uh yeah, yeah. And, like the, the day he got his black belt was fucking shit hot because like it, it was coming for a long time. He was, yeah. he was a really high level. Especially, like, I'm not going to name any
0: names but when you're seeing other local people getting promoted to Black Belt and you're like, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> other people um, being promoted to Black Belt. Well, I'm not saying they're not deserving, but I can see Martin's level being higher.
1: Yeah, and things definitely. like
0: that, you know. Um, other
1: other gyms hand them out like fucking toys with a happy meal. Yeah. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Is. Was there
0: not like something crazy like uh, someone got their black belt handed out like two hundred blue belts in one day? Yeah. Um things like that, you know, <laughs> selling them on the street. There you
1: go. Yeah. yeah. So like some some gyms like the way they look at it is you've been training two years, here's your blue belt. You know, you've put in the the work. But like the way we look at it is like y- you should be a certain level before you get to blue belt. Like that discourages some people. But blue belt might be the highest level of like belt some people get there's not one bad blue belt in that gym yeah you've got to realize <laughs> that like every colored belt in that gym they've, they've earned it yeah. they weren't they were never given it Ugh. even when i
0: think of guy's like ash
1: like oh man, ash a fucking savage like i just dude. i really wish Ash should just stack it out man because like how good he got in that the, the time period he trained like he was only ever going to get better like Ash and, and Shea Was like, like a year He had his blue belt in Yeah Ash and, and Shea Both got their blue belts From their year
0: And it's like a Proper good level Like and Just an athlete as well mm-hmm. Pure athlete Another
1: guy in the gym Just now It's like really I can't explain it Daz Youngus Is like He's just a new guy He's just like a new I don't know if he's got like A new mentality or that But like He's so good now Like I don't know Where it's came from I don't know if he's like Got a new focus or what Rolling with Wadazi is a nightmare eh? yeah. and he's he's just been awarded this purple belt but like he's a really high level purple belt for just getting it yeah. I love Roland Wadazi and he's strong as fuck <laughs> <laughs> like I said and then like oh, on a personal level as well he's one of my best friends as well so like it's always good but like it's it's not very often that your best friends you've just tried to choke them out for a whole class and then you start back to being best friends straight after oh. it's like a really unique experience I've tried to explain it to Ryan before
0: as well, and it's like you, when you first, like I when I first trained in, I, I was thinking it's going to be all these fucking macho guys who I mean, just try and choke me out in that, and then you yeah. go in, and
1: like some of the nicest fucking, people you've and, ever met, some of
0: the nicest people, but also some of like the most fucking laid back, yeah, yeah. for lack of a better term, fucking nerds, like you're yeah. all fucking like got your own little like. Like look at look at Jamie. He's a fucking school teacher. Like, you look at him, you think that guy that guy can't handle
1: himself. And then you, ginger you're,
0: assassin. Yeah, and then you start rolling with him. You're like, holy fuck. That's another guy. It's like
1: <laughs> in this la- in, in this last uh, this last year or so, he's really came on as well. Jamie,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I I actually it was before that last fight. I hated rolling with him because he was like, it's not that like he was smash. Well, he was smashing me actually. He was like, he's got these big legs, isn't he? He's just, he's, like. <laughs> I wasn't getting any subs against him. It was like always like it was he was he was escaping like all my positions and that. I was just like fucking what's going on? Why are these guys getting so good? Callum Clark, another name. Yeah, like so Callum took two years out, he got long COVID, long term COVID or whatever you call it. Yeah. Like he fell really ill. So he's just slowly getting back into it. But that that two years or whatever before that hit him, he was a monster. He took his first ever MMA fight and like Against someone like an exact same level as him, but he absolutely ruined this guy, and I was just like, whoa, wrestling got phenomenal. We we started calling him the Scottish Khabib, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, he was the
0: sloppy, shark Callum Clark, yeah, yeah. So, like we asked
2: Kev this but obviously like you do a bit of coaching as well and like corner people and that what's the difference between like you I mean obviously there's a difference in the sense if you have control in your own fight and you know you're delegating control to someone else and you can help as best you can but you get like further anxiety for like watching one of your mates yeah it's more
1: nerve-wracking watching a a friend because you obviously want them to do better if it's yourself obviously you want to win but like it's it's all on you whereas like you feel helpless when it's someone else because it's all them and you just want what's best for them like, uh, Alex was fighting last weekend, and um, I was hanging over the cage when they were doing introductions, like, kind of giving him water, telling him that he's the man, he's going to knock him out and stuff like that, and I'd be, shit, I was trying to hold this water and I was like that, ah. and I was like, fuck, why am I so nervous, and then he went and stopped him in 20 seconds, man, I was, I need to see, <laughs> yeah, I know, but, like, I was like, he wasn't even nervous, he hadn't broken, like, he was, he was just so ready for it but I and I was like well, I, I don't know why I was nervous because I knew it was going to be that was what was going to happen but uh, coaching's like it's because it's you've got no control over it like, it's it's not fun it's actually I'd, I'd rather fight than coach sometimes but then again when you see him win when you see like the results it's, it's always worth it yeah.
0: yeah well let's yeah. go for it um, okay so like I suppose the next big card is Volkanovski card Volkanovski by murder yeah yeah I think that's a kind of a I given. haven't seen the
1: odds um, yet but I would put, um, I would put what we were on. just discussing before though was the Peter Yan fight Peter Yan by murder yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, again I haven't seen the odds but I will be betting very very big on both Yan and Volkanovski Ian is fighting as well probably. yeah I I don't know I've, I've seen his opponent fight but like uh, I haven't like I don't know what he's good at and what he's not good at but I'd imagine Ian Gary will do very well as well what about Hamzat and
2: Burns do you think Hamzat just runs through him like he's done everyone else murder hmm. yeah
1: definitely do you think that's the next big thing Hamzat yeah. oh yeah yeah I think he's already the next big thing look at the way everyone speaks about him yeah Three fights in the UFC, or is it four? And he's he's uh yeah, four fights in the UFC and it's that kinda of Have you watched his um his like things on YouTube with Darren Tell? Yeah, they're yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the morning, I'm like, why have I not got a bromance like yeah, that? They turn up to- <laughs> is there anyone in the UFC you kind
0: of base your style off of?
1: Yeah, I used to be Dom Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, but like um he obviously just moves a lot better than I do. And uh, but I do try and mimic his style. And uh, for the grappling, like, Charles Oliveira, if you ever watch him fight the way, take someone's back, like, it's so quick and everything, like, uh, and he puts you under constant, he'd, like, you're constantly defending straight away. Right. So, like, I like to, obviously, <laughs> I like to think that I'm, right basing my style for him oh, it's got a long way to go but We were just speaking,
2: just saying before you came that like obviously if you told someone five years ago he's going to be a great champion yeah, for he, a
0: there's like no chance um, so like kind of UFC going forward we've got obviously there's, there's the fights everyone wants to see Diaz McGregor and that but is there realistic fights in the next 12 months you think fuck that's a fight like Hamza and Usman yeah yeah but then you could also go I suppose we could take we'll take that a bit further outside UFC as well is there some there's a fight you want to see in Cage Warriors uh,
1: there's there's um, uh the Bellator featherweight champion AJ McKee yeah have yeah. you mm-hmm. seen him fight yeah, yeah he just murdered Pitbull was it yeah um, him against Volkanovski I think that's probably or, or even him against Holloway to be honest I'd rather see that fight that's an yeah cover. AJ oh. McKee <laughs> like, uh, I will, I will stay up to watch any of AJ McKee's fights UFC w- would ed. have to
2: sign him right because there's no way that Bellator and the UFC would ever co-promote something
1: Imagine to did the head to head like that uh, that's what I would like to see like, like winner takes all yeah that dude, would be proper just the champions it? versus champions yeah, and then also w- like the, the biggest fighters against the biggest fighters that whole like
0: fucking WWF versus yeah. WC no oh. seriously though I, I'm I'm mate, good old yeah.
1: days. Dana never do it though so, like, yeah. So, and then there, there was one more fight. We're, we were
0: discussing um Ngannou versus Aspinall. Do you think that's an interesting fight? Or do you think that's just straight up smash again? he's
2: probably gonna fight Jones first, is
1: he? It probably is, but I can see that being a fight that's going to happen in future. Like. I think uh, if they don't do with Aspinall what they did with Till and just rush him towards a title shot, they give Aspinall. He'll knock out Tiavasa next. Yeah, and then after that, probably fight someone.
2: Little gun or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. Curtis
1: Blades or Curtis Blades. I'd rather see him fight gone because I think yeah. Curtis, Curtis Blades, Blades has had a rough road, man. <laughs> I <laughs> I leave Curtis that guy alone. I think the Curtis Blades a lot harder fight, but yeah, I'd probably go. Um, Aspinall Being the heavyweight champion within the next year and a ahead. half as well. Yeah. Do you, like, do you watch everything? Because, like, you you're, everything. Yeah, I thought, PFL, uh, one fighting championship, Bellator. I kind of figured that,
0: like, you just study absolutely fucking everything. Are you yeah, your favourite fighter not, just now? Uh
1: probably Jamie Key. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really think that guy's the best featherweight in the world. And he's not even in the UFC. Um, Again, like, he, th- I was a big Paddy fan before, but, like, I'm an even bigger Paddy fan now. Um if that was a fight that came up for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd mm.
2: Never that
0: would be interesting. How
2: far do you think he can go? Because there's a lot of people that...
1: I think he'll are- break the top ten, but I just cannot
0: see him
2: beating Oliveira. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that guy that he had... Um spat with before UFC London like that dude's a serious it's just like fucking you know do you see the fucking knockout of it's uh, uh, his name Jai Herbert aye yeah. yeah
1: fucking hell so it's so funny because Ging messaged me before that fight and he was like oh bet big on whatever his name is to, to oh, I can't remember hand sanitizer <laughs> no, <I'll> sanitize <laughs> bet, bet big on him and then Herbert dropped him the first one yeah, yeah. But that's, that's another thing so like Jay Herbert was the Cage Widder's lightweight champion and he got the call up. And like he's an elite level striker. Like you saw that the, you saw that at USC London. And um but his first four fights he's had Who's he had? He got Micano in his second fight. He just had Hansander. <laughs> Hans <on the> <laughs> he got given a fair fight for his third fight and knocked the guy out in the first round. But even his first fight was against the. Uh,
2: yeah. No, sure Hardy lost his job on it because like, Francisco yeah. Tr- Trinaldo,
1: I think his name is, and like he's like a proper seasoned vet. Like they never gave him fights that were, couldn't build him up. You know what I mean? Like, seem like,
2: an American bias in the UFC, doesn't there? Yeah, like, definitely, one hundred percent. Do you remember that guy that was in his corner and he was like two, three, and zero, oh, and he'd like just said call it? And remember the like the corner guy was trying desperately to get him to stay in. Yeah, it's was yeah. like you know, there's people over here that are fucking busting their ass to want that opportunity, yeah. you know what I mean? But, you know. Yeah,
0: they, they're definitely, it's, I suppose it's down to who owns a promotion at the end of the day and where their
1: money is made, isn't it? It's yeah, like, true. Uh, like I say, the, the eventual aim is just to fight for a living, yeah. have a nice house. I mean, I would never, ever go crazy with my money and just get what I need and, you know, just spend it all on my family and my friends and, it's just, it's just me. Like, even now, my idea of a like, magic, like, what would make me happiest is just like my mates at a music festival. Like, I go, all I do is go to gigs, and like, I like going out f- to watch sports with my mates over a pint and stuff like that. You know. Just a good
0: time, mate. That's, yeah. that's what I says to Ryan before you came on. This is like, you're, you're you are, in in a good way, you just, you're polar opposites to Kev.
3: Yeah, I know, <laughs> but like,
1: that, that's, that's just like, I've always been like that, yeah. yeah. Like, even at school, it's just it's, everyone's different. Like I know because I'm because I'm an athlete, people think I should probably like not do any of that. But it's poor, sure, I just know, want to enjoy myself. Like, yeah, i just, yeah. I just want to be happy. It's definitely the the biggest thing is just being happy in life. Eh? Yeah, exactly, mate. And what makes me happy is drinking whiskey, watching Liverpool, and fighting.
2: <laughs> 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 just, just to end it off because <laughs> have been here for two hours ten minutes time fucking flies by obviously best of luck with achieving what you want to achieve this year and that and hopefully we'll see you again soon for the yeah. uh, Misfits uh, orientated one hopefully maybe get you back on when you do get in the fucking UFC yeah, belly it'll
1: be a UFC gloves year next time
2: yes let's fucking go mate but uh, just before we go I just want to say a I, I didn't expect this to be as deep today you know when you were talking about like the stuff like anxiety and that because Lee had been saying beforehand "is like Aiden's just the wildest guy that you'll ever meet in your life so I was expecting <laughs> I don't like, see
1: what the point of my podcast is if you can't actually talk about yeah, real things oh, because uh, I just thought this would be a good one because
0: like all your podcasts that you go on are always like right what's your next fight and yeah. this
1: is kind of looking what, back what, now what do you think of your opponent what What have you done on the lead up to this fight
2: uh, Yeah. yeah Say old, save old.
0: We'll Just chat shit for. Yeah, hours, fucking right. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all fucking professionals. But the 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 one in the gym, we're going to come to the gym and get one of the five that years. Is and fucking uh, so uh, It's
1: gonna be Doug and Evans. Yeah, I remember. Like I, like I say, it's always just fun stories. But like Doug's, like he's super clever when it comes to the nutrition. He's got no common sense. Ah, uh, just turned around. and He's like, because the five of us were training. Jinge goes, you know, one of five guys is gay. And we're all looking at each other, and then D- Ginge goes, "I hope it's Doug. He's super cute." And Doug's like, "Who do you want to be? It's not me." They like the <laughs> joke right over his head. That's you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just Doug. Funny, just he takes. You know, if you if you, if you tell Doug a funny joke, just be prepared. You're probably gonna have to explain it to him. After. <laughs>